0: Borough.com slash acast.
1: Connecting to the big show. In three, two,
2: one.
3: The return board bicycle lanes. Nobody ever bought a pair of pillows and cycled home with them on the handlebars.
4: We're gonna to come together. We want our voices heard. We want that station, man.
5: There's only so many hits and kicks you can take when you're in business, whether you're a hairdresser or a restaurant.
2: Join the conversation! Call 0818-969696. 96 96 96.
1: Extra WhatsApp 83 396 96 96
2: 96. Email opinion at 96FM.ie.
1: This is the opinion line with P.J. Coogan Hawks 96 FM.
3: Can they say his name properly now yet? On Sky Sports and the like Weveen Kelleher His face is all over the newspapers This morning And well it might be Man of the match yesterday For Liverpool And there were those people who said to us Three or four or five years ago This young fella is going to be a star. They were right, were they not? Well done to young Quiveen Kelleher, and it all belonged to him after yesterday's performance. And another fella whose picture was all over the paper yesterday. This is uh, when I was watching the weekend. Bundyaki. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, isn't it great that he's hours and nobody else is? The wonderful Bundyaki, imperious again against Wales on um, on Saturday, only to get that try disallowed. But anyway, good morning to you. What a gorgeous morning. Do you know what? I have this app in my phone that can predict all year round when we'll see light in the early morning. And I had this particular date set aside as the first morning if we had a clear sky. And I knew this for months out, the first morning when we'd actually see light as I was getting ready to leave the house. And sure enough, lovely clear sky this morning and there was light coming over the horizon as I set into my car, and I love it. It does the soul good. In an, in another few weeks, it'll be bright at 6 o'clock, and it's, it's just great. I love to see the light coming back into the mornings. Anyway, by the way, Monday morning, Monday the what day is it? 26th of February, and a very strange thing happened last evening in town. Strange and frightening, actually, in a little bit of a way now I don't know what the guards are saying about this I don't know what they're following what leads they're following and where the investigation will go there have to be an investigation but this could potentially have been much more serious than it turned out to be were it not for the work of a staff in the shops and B the wonderful work as usual of Cork City Fire Brigade we could be talking about something much more serious this morning and uh, Victor Shine from Cork City Fire Brigade joins me. Five fires, uh, Victor, within a matter of half an hour in five different shops in the city centre. Go through what happened for me, will you please? Good morning to you.
5: Good morning, PJ. How are you keeping this morning? Very good, sir. Um, yes, uh, Cork City Fire Service received, uh, it started off with a fire in lifestyle sports uh, early in the evening. And soon after, uh, super dry next Uh, Boots and TK Maxx also reported minor fires inside their premises Um, all uh, related to arson attacks uh, by a person or persons unknown and Put the staff of the shops, put the members of the public and obviously put um, additional uh, stress on the fire service um, to deal with these situations when other major emergencies were going on, including road traffic accidents, flooding in the city all at the same
3: time. Mercifully, nobody was injured, but the potential for serious injury was there, wasn't there, Victor? Absolutely. Yeah. The potential was certainly there. We had uh, people
5: in uh, disabled persons inside in one of the shops at a refuge point that uh, needed assistance to evacuate and that would be part of an oral protocol, Um, but it was putting putting literally people's lives at risk. And the amount of damage to these shops, the fires may have been small, but smoke damage to the stock in the
3: shops is very significant. Smoke damage, as you know yourself, and if you've ever walked through anyone, Hunter has ever walked through, uh, a fire-damaged home, smoke damage is something that is is it's, it's a, you you can't clean that that stock has gone for a This could have been. Are there any idea of motive, Victor? Do we think it was the same person or whatever? I don't I obviously don't want you to stray into a Garda investigation, and you won't. I know that. But do we have any motive or any any idea what was happening? Yeah, there? it
5: it it's 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 a very unusual event. It it hasn't happened a Cork before like that. Um. But the guardi are are taking this situation very seriously. Um, they are looking at all CCTV footage of the particular shops and so on. But in fairness to security staff and staff guard and the fire Service shops uh, enhanced their security measures they some actually started closing doors to prevent this additional resource while they scan their shops for uh, incendiary or uh, fire in their premises. So it was extremely uh, intense, 30 minutes really during during that
3: period of time. Mm -hmm. At one point there was a rumour going around last evening that the same person had been seen in each shop. Do you know anything about that? That's very possible, um, but again, the Gardaí would be uh,
5: looking very closely at that. I'm sure they would have plenty of CCTV footage you now of all the premises and of any persons that would have been into all okay. those shops.
6: The list
3: again, so it was Lifestyle, TK Maxx? It would start at Lifestyle, super
5: dry, right. Next, Boots, and then TK Maxx, all, right. okay. all within a very short period of time. All right. Okay. So the reports kept on rolling in that there were various fires, and of course, then during that there were flooding uh, calls and so on down in the Malmesbury Road, Centre Park Road areas, and road traffic collisions going on. So <laughs> it was it was a ridiculous situation, uh, stretching the the services like that by some, you know, person or persons unknown. Reckless, reckless, situation. reckless carry on, really, right. and the amount of damage that has done putting insurances and so on on these shops too, you know.
3: All right, Victor, thank you for that. Victor Schein of Cork City Fire Service. So five fires in the space of a half an hour. Uh, No motive established as yet. Some stuff going around social last night. It was some kind of a protest. What kind of a protest, says you, would go around and set fire or try to set fire to five shops in the space of half an hour. So you had Super Next, Lifestyle, TK Maxx, and, and the one, and um, Direct. over the space, boots, over the space of half an hour. Nobody hurt, but people could have been serious. Have you any idea what that was about? Does anybody know what it was about at all? Because we'd love to find out. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six, and indeed if you have any information that might be of use to them you can let the guards know 1-800-666-111 watching the story at the weekend from Tralee uh, you'll know that last week a man called Nathan McDonald of c d Tralee County Kerry, he was one of two people who appeared in court charged with possession of crystal meth for sailor supply following that huge huge seizure last week at Cork Port. And the Bally CD is a very well-known brand name, of course, of a major garden centre in Tralee. And the people behind the garden centre took the unusual step at the weekend of releasing a statement. I'm reading here from the Mirror. Uh, Nathan McDonald was their chief executive officer. So they felt the need, I suppose you would, wouldn't you, to issue a statement on social media and it said having worked tirelessly to provide a local hospitable service to the people of Tralee and Kerry at Ballyseedy Home and Garden since its foundation in 1992 the family wished to express our sincere gratitude for the continued support during this difficult time our focus is trying to protect the 140 jobs in the company, the families and the wider community that the business is part of we remain steadfast in our determination to keep the company trading by providing a service that is built on honesty, integrity and hard work. McDonald, when he appeared in court, was charged with possession for sale or supply uh, with the amount over 13000 Alleged to have happened between October 27th and February 12th of this year. The district court was sitting in Tralee and told it was the biggest crystal meth siege, I'm using the name, crystal meth. It has a proper name, methamphetamine. We all call it crystal meth. It was the biggest crystal meth seizure in the history of the state. Also appearing before the court was a man called James Lean. He's 41, has an address in Pilgrim Hill in Listowel County Kerry. He was also charged with possession for sailor supply. And again, the value exceeded 13,000 euro. Those men were Remanded in custody, they're back before the court via video link on Wednesday. So, the two very, very serious charges brought against two men, one of them being Nathan McDonnell, chief executive of Ballycede uh, Home and Garden Centre, and then this statement coming from the family business that is Ballycede in the wake of that court case. Make of it what you will. Make of it what you will. But certainly a huge, huge triumph there for our um, our guards and our drug squad in particular. 0818 96, 96, 96. Um, Okay, a couple of different things coming in there. One on disability. Let me just read it in up before I go to a break. I am looking for an employer who is pro-disability. I never hide my disability at interviews. Mental health is not accepted in the workplace. I believe employers don't know what it is. I'm looking for part-time paid work. The amount of jobs I've got, but we're all non-starters, is unbelievable. Please do not read out my name. Isn't it enough that I have a disability? Not that it matters, but you don't tell me the nature of your disability. There, um, But... Yeah, if you're, if you're finding it difficult to get a job because you have a disability, then that's certainly not fair on you. Thanks for that. 0818 96, 96, 96. And a, a word from Rachel. Morning, Rachel. She says, Presentation Brothers College, Mardike. Prez-like. Prez are doing very well for themselves. Look who they ha- have produced. Killian Murphy. Peter O'Mahony. Quivine Kelleher. And many more thanks, Rachel. thanks for that reminder. 0818 96, 96, 96. Have you had a delivery lately? Saturday night, Friday night, you bring up, you book, you buy your food, you pay for it with your phone, and then it gets delivered to your door within the usual it. thousands of people do it every weekend. Michelle had a very strange experience recently. I'll talk to her next. 0818 96 96, 96.
1: Join the conversation. This is the Opinion
3: Mine.
2: With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. The Furniture 96
1: FM.
3: Now you might have got a delivery on Friday night or Saturday night or last night. You know how it works, you go through the apps, you get your food, you pay for your food and it comes to the door, you might give a driver a tip and you might not, that depends on yourself entirely. But it's normal part of weekends now, especially. And loads and loads of people out delivering. Okay, they're not making very good money, but look, they're out and they're doing a bit of work out of it. But Michelle, you live in the, the Lee Road area, and we'll we'll leave it at that for now. You had a very, very strange experience recently with a food delivery
7: yes that's right we ordered myself and my daughter ordered a delivery on a Saturday night then they text you you know to leave you know that they're on their way and like my my airport is never where it's supposed to be but it's it's just like a tiny bit out you know what i mean mean, like they deliver to the window all the time because i'm on the ground floor so we saw him coming and the phone rang and i said oh yes we're at the top of the hill he just no, no, you're not here, you're not here. And I said, no, we are here. So after about seven minutes of talking to him, he pulled up outside my window. And he said, uh, you know, you gave the wrong address. You gave the wrong address. And I said, no, I didn't give the wrong address. This is the address we get delivered to all the time. So there was a bit of arguing argument at the window. I'm telling him I had already paid for it, and I gave proof that my address was that address. And he said, no, I, I can't get you here. You must come out.
3: Okay, so hold me. on, so so you've obviously had deliveries before.
7: Oh, yeah. I'll okay, yeah, and I take it you're is, you're yeah.
3: in an apartment block, so... Yes. Right, and you said that sometimes your air code mightn't be exact, is, is that it? it, it yeah, Well, I mean,
7: there's four blocks, and it might come up as the block next door, do you know what I mean? I have it's, it's I have literally have just there, like,
3: right. yeah. You could see the guy coming towards you, was it a bike or a car, what was it? A car A car So you could see him coming towards you and then yes. you rang him and No he rang us Oh he rang, he rang you rang my phone Okay And then he came so, to the window
7: And then he came up and he pulled up outside the window and uh, he said that I cannot give you your food because this is not the he gave the wrong address and I said no I didn't give the wrong address I get deliveries all the time and was paid for There was an argument at the, at the window and he said I cannot give it to you here and so after about six to seven minutes trying to explain that this is where he's supposed to deliver. He said, no, you must come out, you must come out. So, OK, I put on my shoes, I put on my coat, and I went outside, and he was parked. He was, he was in, in his car outside the window. So when I went out, thinking he would give me the food, he said, no, you must come with me now. And I said, go what you wear. And he said, down t- to the Lee Road. Now, there's a big hill on the, from the Lee Road or off the Lee Road, so there's a big hill coming up, and it's pitch black. Yeah. And it's about a six, seven minute walk down. And um I said, What what are you saying? why why can't you give me my order? i paid for it and he said, No, 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 you must come with me, he said, to the Lee Road and then I give you your food.
3: Did he went, say why he wanted you to go to the Lee Road?
7: He did, he said, because that's why that's where the order is supposed to be collected. <gasps> so I explained again that this is the this is where I always get my food delivered. And with that, um, he said, "You come in my car. You come in my car, and I and I bring you." And I just at that stage, you know, I've just been arguing for about ten minutes, and I told him, "I'm not getting in your car." And I said, "You know what you do?" I said, "You keep your order." I said, "I don't want this." So this was after a good, as I said, ten minutes now twelve minutes at this stage, and um, he was sitting in the car, and um, he asked me to get into the car, okay. so he would drive me to
3: the Lee Road just just, just to catch up again because you're telling me stuff here now and I'm thinking what the hell so so he said you came out of the of the apartment to talk to him and then he said we have to go to the Lee Road and I can give you the food on the Lee Road come with me in the car yes right yes and the reason he was saying that was he, he thought the address was the Lee Road.
7: Well, look, basically the Lee Road he said that the Lee Road was, was where he was to give me the food and ask me to get into the car with him. So I'm I'm looking at him stupid thinking, Am I am I am I am, I, am I missing something here? So eventually you know it's it's is the last 12 minutes now so from talking to him at the window, then coming out, then talking to him at the car and um He's like, Come you come come with me, you come in my car. So with that anyway, I just said, You want me to get into your car? And he said, yes, you come with me and I'll bring you down. I just said, I won't tell you what I said. I just told him to keep his order and I said, I don't want it and I was a bit shaken to be honest with you, because yeah. I, I was I was like, What what in the name of Christ is going on? Like you know? I mean, like if I wasn't here my daughter would have went out. She's sixteen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, and then, so I was so annoyed when I got back because we were waiting 40 minutes for it as it was. So I rang um, Just Eat. I rang Just Eat. So I explained to them, gave them my order number, explained the situation, and asked the lady on the phone, "Are all the drivers guard, the visit. So um, she was like, "She she bad, bad English."
3: So sorry, just uh, just just for a second, Michelle. So you had ordered your food through Just Eat. Yes. And then the delivery was through Deliveroo. Again, that's fairly standard. That happens a lot. You didn't yeah. ring the actual premises
1: that you... No, bought. I couldn't
7: get through. So okay. I, I rang Just Eat, and okay. they asked me my order number. So I gave them my order number, and okay. then my name and my address came up. And I explained the situation. I'd be honest you, no, I was really annoyed idea with this stage Because, know. <laughs> you know, but um, I came back, in and I'm like, I was, I was kind of boggled for about for a while like you know it it was actually still on my mind all week and I'm thinking Christ should I ring the guards or something like because so I had this conversation on the phone with this lady anyway and um, explained the situation and asked her where are all the driver's guards about it and she couldn't answer me so I was on the phone with her for about 10 minutes and she took my details and she said oh I'm really sorry that shouldn't have happened Um, I'll put your money back into your account in the next 20 minutes Mm. and I just got really annoyed to be honest with you you know so, um, it was on my mind all week, like, and I was thinking, Christ, I sh- maybe I should have run the guards, like, because, I mean, if, if, if these guys are going around, right, and are, aren't guards it, if there's a kid coming out there, I mean, luckily I went out there, my daughter didn't go, do you know what I mean? I
1: know,
3: I know. You your know? Daughter, being 16, your daughter yeah. might have said, well, okay, I have to do this.
7: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like, I mean, I get get Deliveroo all the time, but I always get get it to the window because that's that's my address, do you know what I mean? I
3: know.
7: And it was just really strange.
3: Did you contact Deliveroo?
7: I didn't because I didn't know there was a a number, but, like, Justy have all the the order details, and they'd have contacts with whoever else would have sent out that order. But they also
3: would have a record. I'm assuming, anyway, he has a driver number. Or, or yeah. a, a register. Yeah, I
7: understand. Because yeah, I'd yeah.
3: be quite honest with you, Michelle. What you're telling me, maybe. Let's just put it out there. Maybe there's a perfectly logical explanation for what he you wanted know. you to do, but it doesn't sound like there was.
7: No, no, it wasn't. Absolutely not. Like you know, I mean, I never, I've never ever had hassle. I mean, it's it, it's a very where I am. Like it's, I always get deliveries to the, to the window. You know what I mean? And maybe even up here, like, I mean, I wouldn't walk out here at night time. I wouldn't walk up here at any time, do you know what I, I mean? You know what you mean. And, you know, and I just, I was just thinking afterwards, I was thinking, Christ, if my daughter had went out, or even any other child that had delivered, you know, that was, you know, like, they, they probably wouldn't kind of, like, hop it, like... God, said, oh, alone, oh.
3: God alone knows, it does sound <laughs> off, it does smell off, doesn't it? It, it? it is. Let's throw it out there, Michelle, and see if anyone's come across this happening before if there's any delivery drivers out there who could maybe explain what might have happened if there was an innocent explanation. Let's just see.
7: Thanks for the call. No bother. Thank you. Bye.
3: Bye, Michelle. I'm just entertaining the possibility that there's a logical explanation here. Possibly there is. Possibly Michelle got the wrong end of the stick. Possibly. So she orders her food, the guy rings to say he's on his way, and she says come to the house and he said no that's the wrong address and she said no this is the right address and then she comes out to the car at his request he says will you get into my car I have to drive to the lee road and then I'll give you the food his food isn't the food's in the car and she he wants her to get into the car and go to the lee road presumably then she gets her food he didn't mention that he'd drive her back. That was another strange thing that occurs to me. But is there a logical explanation for this? Does the driver have to give the person the food at a very specific location or very specific address? Is there an innocent explanation here or is she right to be concerned? Okay. Okay. That's, I'm just putting it out there, because I genuinely don't know. 0818 96 96 96. It sounds off. It sounds off. But sometimes things sound off, and they're not. So if there's a logical explanation, I'm sure Michelle is open to it, and we certainly are. 0818 96 96 96. Mormont Road, Montanati. Good morning to all the fine people up there. Wow. This was last Friday, and they don't want to give out their name. That's okay. But this was the water coming out of their taps last Friday. It's like, do you know the kind of tea you'd get in a house where a person didn't normally make tea? Do you know that kind of one? You know, innocent water, scalded to death. You know that kind of old, horrible, old, mawkish old wee Yeah, this water that came out of the tap... Looks like a cup of very lousy weak tea. That was in Mormon Road, Montanati, on Friday. So clearly not a lot being done about the state of the water up there. Bernie says, I'm shocked that Michelle didn't go to the guards. That's a very strange story. Michelle still could, if she wanted to, still could go to the guards. And it's the beauty of going through Just Eat or any one of these apps. She'll have a record of the whole transaction on her phone. So she could still go to the guards, but she's kind of wondering, is there a reason for her to go to the guards? Which is why she called us. A lot of people concerned about the story as Michelle told it to me. That story would worry me. She needs to report it, says Kate. And she still could, because she will have, because of the way all these apps work. It's one of the good security elements, is all of the details of your transaction will be stored on your phone in your account. So if she's concerned, she could indeed go to the guards. I think she phoned us because she was kind of debating in her mind whether she should. Yeah, Pauline says, that sounds dodgy to me. Thank God you're safe, Michelle. I, for one, will be telling my daughters about this. Thank you. Yeah, we'll podcast that interview later on. Michelle is kind of in two minds about whether she should have or maybe indeed should go to the guards. So this guy arrives to her door, a delivery driver with her Just Eat order. He has the food in the car. There's some discussion over whether the address is correct. She assures him the address is correct. She has paid for the food. He has the air code in her address. And then he says to her, you're going to have to come to the Lee Road with me so I can give you the food down there. Sit into the car. We'll go to the Lee Road. I'll give you the food. She didn't feel comfortable, you can imagine, dark of a Saturday night. She didn't feel at all comfortable about that. So she said, take your, way, take your food away now. I don't want it. Thanks very much and all that. She gets on to Just Eat, where she'd ordered the food from. And they refunded her her money and apologized for what had happened. And she's just wondering, if anybody's come across that before, was there, I was kind of wondering with her, was there an innocent explanation here? Or was there someone a bit creepy behind the wheel of that cap? We don't know. This is the point. We don't know. 0818 96 96,
1: 96. Join the conversation.
3: This is the
1: Opinion line
2: With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. thefurniturecenter.ie Coach
1: 96 FM Listen to Cork's 96FM on your smart speaker. Play. press play and step to the beat. Simply say, play Cork's 96FM. Yeah,
3: still, if anybody has any idea what was going on there or indeed has come across it before, and a lot, most people contacting us think Michelle should go to the guards and, and and at least let them check it out. At least let them check it out. <laughs> come back to Cueveen Kelleher, uh-huh, superstar of the weekend. Uh, Grail man. very proud of our past pupils. Queen Bean Kelleher and Alan Brown, as well you might be. 0818 96 96 96. I read this story over the last week or two and I thought, what a, what a tragic story of a young couple building their dream and then he passes away and she decides, okay, I'm going to keep this dream going in his memory. Uh, I speak of Wildlife Rescue Cork, which is based out in Whitechurch and Julie Cronin. Joins me. Uh, Julie, uh, good morning to you.
8: Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, Yeah, so we set up um, the rescue in 2017 and thinking we'd a long road ahead, probably another 40 years of doing doing the rescue together. Um, And unfortunately, I lost uh, my husband to cancer then in um, 2023. So um, we set it up initially. um, It's to rescue, rehabilitate and release injured native species in Ireland Mm. um, because there's very little facilities in, in Ireland for that and there's nothing in Cork. So we set that up.
3: John was only 36 when he passed away. What happened to him?
8: So he just went to the doctor with a persistent cough and um, that he couldn't shake. And um, unfortunately, was then diagnosed with um, stage four lung cancer. Um so it um, was very surprising because he's a, a very healthy individual, never smoked, never drank, anything like that. Very healthy lifestyle. So it was quite a shock to us um, for that to have happened. He lived just, just under three years um, from when he was diagnosed, so he did exceptionally well with the treatment and he constantly was pushing for more treatment um, from his consultant, Professor Power, um, and they worked together and they, they managed to get an extra bit of time for him.
3: Was, was he able to work all through that or did he have to give up work?
8: so he was really lucky and um, he worked for the family business um, so he helped his dad run glenmill engineering um, and he was able to then be able to step back on the weeks of the treatment that were too tough for him right. so um we'd say it was a cycle of three weeks treatment so um he'd be able to work on his third week for two weeks he'd be having downtime and then for one week he'd be able to go into work and work away
3: now you've known each other since you were little more than kids
8: yeah, so I met him when I was 16 years old and he was 18, um, so little babies <laughs> when you look back on it. Um, so we've been together ever since. So we were together nearly just under 18 years.
3: Yeah. When did you meet and where?
8: Um, so we met through um, friends um, in school. Um, we were actually trying to set another couple up um, yeah. and ended up just bonding. Then we went to the cinema and we did a great time in the cinema, all of us. And um, it just kind of developed from there over the next couple of weeks and months.
3: Fantastic. And then... You discovered this mutual love of animals.
8: Yeah, I suppose I'd always known I wanted to work with animals um, and John was super passionate. He loved um, animals all his life, has loads of pets at home. Um, So obviously that's something easy to bond over as well. Um, And I went away to um, South Africa, Canada, Scotland um, and got loads of experience doing wildlife rehabilitation. Patient uh, and volunteering and doing page page work as well um and so when i got back to cork then uh, we decided um that i try you know we would build a home together um and that we would build this purpose built facility um out the back uh, while we were doing it thinking yeah. that that would be sufficient
3: out the back literally because it was in the garden of your home where 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 was that exactly
8: um, so it's out in Whitechurch We built our home out here And the Rescue Centre is out in Whitechurch as well
3: okay, right. And what size of a place is it now? How many residents do you have?
8: Um, so I currently have 25 animals on site um, In this is supposed to be the quiet season but we're quite busy for what should be our quietest kind of two months of the year mm. and the summer season then is extremely busy we get maybe 15-20 calls a day from people looking for help that they found an injured animal at the side of the road or veterinary practices will call us and that they've handed, had something handed in to them um, so we try and help everyone that we can um, but in our first year of, of doing this kind of volunteer work we had 38 animals come into us and last year 2023 we had 487 animals into us so um, it's going to wow. even go further again yeah. this year I'd say by, by the look of things starting in January and February so we're going to be very busy
3: And what do you take in?
8: So we take in any injured um, native species so um, a lot of things we get is garden birds, water birds, hedgehogs, bats, foxes, badgers, everything like that
3: You, you have a pet fox I think, Can be a willow
8: So yeah, we have a resident fox here. So she came to us as a cub. um, So the vet worked really hard on her for two or three days um, and she bounced back. I didn't think she would. She was so sickly when when we took her in um, and then they had worked so hard on her. We took her in then to see if her vision would come back because she was found on the roadside. So we thought it might just be a concussion, but she never regained her um, eyesight. So she just stayed here as a permanent resident then with us.
3: Yeah, a lot of people just on that. Julie a lot of people particularly in sort of country areas or slightly more rural areas they have foxes that come to them and they be thrown out bits of rashers for them and and things like that is that advisable
8: yeah so i always say to people just to be very careful um of you know feeding wildlife Um people mean well 100 percent, and i always say that and I, I love that about people especially in cork people are excellent and um, so i would just say to just be mindful that if you are throwing out bits of food it should never be the entire diet for something so that it no longer needs to go and source or hunt for itself so um if you are throwing out bits and pieces it could be a few bits of scrap but don't be hand feeding anything put it down in the corner of the plot if you're going to be doing it and and just, be, you know, just be aware as well that if you went away to Barbados or something for two weeks, that, you know, what will happen to that animal then? Because it yeah. relies on you coming to you for food each evening. So what happens then or if you move home, you know, so it can be detrimental to them as well. Um, if, if you get them into a cycle of coming yeah. every night for food.
3: Yeah, uh, we're coming into the time of year now where, where I live, Julie, I'll see foxes in the early morning as the mornings get brighter. I see some foxes in the early morning and some of them would come across sort of to the edge of the estate. It's not good for them, is it? It's lovely, but it's not good for them to become too domesticated like that.
8: No, it's not. Not and I suppose the the worry is that just, you know, yourself or your neighbours might be nice, but not everybody is kind to foxes, you know, and they can get themselves in an awful lot of trouble if they wander up to the wrong person at the wrong time, you know, or the wrong group of people. So I always say like wildlife is fantastic and it's excellent to to, you know, watch from the garden, you know, from inside or anything like that. So um I think it's really, you know, really good to do it from a distance, you know, and not get things kind of used to being hand fed and again things come into the you know, the garden, people are afraid for their children and stuff and that's fair enough because they are a predator species. Mm, yeah. So um you know it's just important to, to bear that in mind. They are wild animals and we do try and keep yeah. them wild.
3: They're gorgeous creatures if you can get anywhere close to them so they are birds as well, you take in a lot of birds injured birds or just young birds that the nest a bit abandoned
8: yeah, exactly. So we get a lot in the summer season of um, birds that have been maybe fallen out of the nest or, you know, predated by something as well. So, um, you know, ducklings that are kind of found by themselves or, or things like that. So um, a huge amount of the kind of adult birds is mostly flying into windows or being hit by cars or things like that. Um, mm. Or a huge amount, again, being caught by cats. So um, people's cats are out and about and, you know, doing a bit of damage to the wildlife. Mm. Um, so we do say... You know, when birds fledge, they jump on the ground for a day or two. They build up the muscle mass, learn to fly. So yeah. it's really important to keep your cat in for that day or two yeah. if you know birds are fledging in your garden. Because
3: the cat is a natural predator and that's just what they're going to do. It's not because they're a bad creature. It's just what they're going to do. It's natural predator.
8: Not, not at all. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly natural for them, but they're not, they're not natural, yeah. you know, in it. In our environment we brought them in as domestic pets yeah. so you just must be mindful about that as well that you're introducing them and the birds you know they are native species and they need our help as well
3: judy do, do people bring animals to the rescue or do you go and find them what do you do
8: yeah so we we do it um, in both ways really so um a lot of times i'll ask people if you can come and meet me somewhere um i'll i'll you know i'll meet you normally at the white church petrol station to be honest. Um, And I'll take them into the rescue. So I'm not open to the public because it's really important for, again, wildlife to stay wild and to make sure that they're not um, seeing a huge amount of humans or anything like that. So and keep them nice and quiet. So um, I bring them into the rescue here. Myself and the volunteers will deal with them. But again, if it's something that someone can't pick up or isn't comfortable picking up, we do have a volunteer base that will come out to you then um, and do our very best to come as fast as yeah. we can and rescue the animal and take it into care then.
3: Yeah. I'm thinking in terms of hedgehogs for example if I'm right, they're going to start coming out of hibernation in a few weeks time you can't pick up a hedgehog and wrap him in your jacket and bring him into the rescue in the back of the car, or can you?
8: so they're actually they're not too bad I suppose people have a thing in their heads that they're maybe like porcupines can they shoot the quills Um, so they can't so uh, what we'd recommend is if you do come across an injured hedgehog that would be something outside the road or if it's laying out in the grass during the daytime that you just put on maybe some gardening gloves or a thick towel and pop them into a cardboard box um, and then you can get him or a cat carrier or something you can get him get him out to me or to a vet but we would just say you know obviously your own health and safety is important so Santa your hands afterwards yeah. um, and just be aware that they can climb out of boxes as well so people <laughs> yeah. often put them into the sheds, thinking it's great he's set and then they go looking for him later on and he's upscanded out of the box <laughs> so you know you just have to make sure things are sealed and secure but also yeah. ventilated at the same time
3: we, we used to have a visitor um, a little hedgehog used to come into our garden at night and he was happy as you know what? He found his way around the garden and he got eating whatever he was eating. But the dogs used to work out inside the kitchen because they didn't know what this small, roundy, spiky thing was that was out and all they wanted to do was, was sniff him. Yeah. The problem with them is, aren't you, Julie? They are riddled with fleas though. Would you get fleas off them?
8: so they have there kind of a lot of species of um like host specific fleas and things that only go for that species um but again a lot of these things are kind of topical treatments that you know if your own pets are you know treated as they should be for worm and fleas constantly and, um, you know through your veterinary practice then they shouldn't pick up these things um off animals uh, but again you're just double checking your pets if they're out in the garden and it's more so a danger for the hedgehog you know if you do have dogs and you know a hedgehog is coming to frequent you know, whatever, if you're leaving out food for your cats and stuff at night time, the hedgehogs nearly have a little watch and they know what time you put the food out. So they'll come marching out of the hedge then looking for the food. So it's just, uh, you know, just make sure your pets are safe, but also to keep these animals safe from your pets.
3: That's exactly what my little fella used to do. He'd get up on the deck and there'd be <laughs> spilt cat food and he'd have a ball, an absolute ball. Yeah, Tell me about. It.
8: they love it, yeah.
3: Tell me about Bella. John is still with you as long as Bella's still with you, isn't she? Isn't he?
8: Yeah, exactly. So. Bella um, is a rescue boxer um, from the ISPCA. So we actually got her as a pup um, from a litter that was taken, um, and um, she was the best thing we ever did. Um, so she gave us life again when it was very difficult for us to focus on anything, and um, to be able to get up and see her little face. So she is full of beans. If anyone has ever had a boxer, you know they're just full of mischief, full of bounce, um, and and great cracks. So she gave us she gave us a lot of a lot of laughs really, and she actually came with me to the funeral as well which was really important to both hey. of us that she'd be able to say goodbye as well so she actually came with me and she was a great hit at the funeral do you know people don't know what to say to me but they were able to come over and and kind of rub bell and stuff so it was just a kind of therapeutic for everyone really that's
3: nice that's lovely that she came to the funeral yeah
8: yeah
1: that's that's
3: that's lovely so the plans for the year are lastly julie and by the way do you get any funding for this wonderful work
8: so um pretty much the majority of our funding is actually from the public and um, so we're very lucky in Cork i've always said it and the cork people are fantastic to get behind, you know, initiatives and we do find that definitely when we pick up animals, um, oftentimes people will give us um, a donation or through PayPal or Facebook, Um, so majority is through um, public donations we did receive the last two years uh, Department of Agriculture grant so that went up from 4000 to 8000 last year, so we were delighted with that but again our costs are increasing year on year because the demand for our services is increasing, Um, so I suppose what's next for us is we really need to move, so so we need a bigger facility, we need either land or outbuildings or somewhere for a long term lease and that we can get in there, build our aviaries and really continue the work we're doing and, and you know provide a larger accommodation for all the different species that are needing our help.
3: Well, delighted to speak to you and you know what Julie, I sense it won't be the last time because for people, if they come to us with stories of birds or foxes or badgers or anything that they happen to have found injured we'll know who to call and who to send them to. Great talking to you
8: perfect, thank you so much for that, I really appreciate
3: your time uh, Thank you Julie and uh, we appreciate yours, that's lovely lovely work going on it I know the hedgehogs, I just, Kate says she has a hedgehog house that she doesn't even go near uh, so you don't disturb them, um, another tip you, you can pick them up with towels if you don't have gloves yeah, they are harmless little creatures but they're dirty like, they have fleas like and stuff like that but they're lovely. We used to have one, would come in, we have hedges uh, around the garden, and there was one hedge, Is one of these, you know, these hollow hedges, it's a big, thick, privet hedge, which kind of belongs to next door, but at the bottom of it is hollow, and my little fellow used to come into it, and, and our fence, he could get through the fence, and he'd come out onto the garden, and the dogs were fascinated, absolutely fascinated by this little, small, roundy thing, that they couldn't go near it because they'd get a poke in the nose. And it wasn't any danger to them. And (laughs) it would rob the cat food, and it would rob their food if it got half a chance. He disappeared after a while. I think he must have found somewhere else to live, or he just passed away or whatever. But yeah, hedgehogs, it's hedgehog season. Anybody got a hedgehog that comes out into their garden and robs the cat food? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety. I love them. Oh eight one eight ninety
1: six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with
2: the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool, for sofas, beds, kitchen, dining, and mattresses. Over forty five years in business. TheFurnitureCentre.ie. Ninety six FM. <laughs>
1: the lines are live. Oh, hello.
2: Join the conversation Call 0818 96,
1: 96, 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396
2: Email opinion at 96fm.ie
1: This is the Opinion line with PJ Coogan Watch 96 FM
3: Yeah, there's no one talking about um, a motive of any kind or we don't seem to have any idea of the motive behind that series of arson attacks in the city last evening with five fires started in five separate shops between 5 and 6 p.m. Thankfully nobody injured uh, but things could have been an awful lot worse thanks to the great intervention of our wonderful fire brigade as always we spoke with Victor Shine earlier on we'll podcast that later on and staff in the various retail outlets brought the situation under control. There are rumours and that's all they are, that it was one individual spotted in all of them. I suppose that'll come through on CCTV when the guards trawl all the CCTV. No notion of a motive though. There was one suggestion going around on Reddit and other socials last night that it was some kind of a political protest. I'm not going to mention the nature of it. Wouldn't want to give it oxygen, to be quite honest, with you? But certainly something. So there was some link between the five of those uh, yesterday evening. Here's hoping the guards pick up whoever was responsible. 0818 96 96 96. The number, the text or WhatsApp is 083 96 96. And the email, opinion at 96fm.ie. Now, Nicola Higgins, I was reading about young Nikki. Um, he's what? Well, he's only nine months old now, and he is—he's already proven the doctor's wrong at least once. Morning to you. Good morning. He has, hasn't he? He's proven the doctor's wrong at least once.
9: He has proved the doctor's wrong since the day he was born, PJ. Mm.
3: What? He was born with a number of different conditions. He was
9: indeed. He was indeed. Um, Nikki was born at 27 weeks with um, a two-card vessel and low blood flow. Um, born by emergency C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, low birth weight of 9.85 grams. He'd fit in the palm of your hand.
1: Mm.
3: He was your seventh.
9: He was my seventh. And yeah. A
3: little bit of a surprise, I think he was.
9: He was a big surprise.
3: <laughs> how How old are your other kids?
9: Uh, the eldest is twenty one I'm twenty I've 18, 16,
3: four and two. so two so you were you were used to the mammy business uh, but he had oh, some, well used <laughs> he had some surprises for you. Did, yes, he did. you you didn't think he'd make it through his first few days
9: No um we didn't think he'd make it at all. I was um brought into hospital on the second week of April. With reduced movements. We thought we lost him then. Um, But when he survived us, as we call him, our little warrior, um, he was born on the 3rd of May by emergency C-section. He was breathing perfect himself when he was born. Um, Two minutes of life then he had to be, this is very upsetting, he had to be um, intubated.
3: Wow. So he was breathing on his own when he was born.
9: When he was born, yeah, he was breathing on his own. His little cry was like a little kitten. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all I remember. And I didn't get to see him then till 12 o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. And he was intubated. And they taught me that it is very, very low percentage of Nicky making it.
3: He had to have surgery when he was, what, only a few days old? That didn't go. That's right. He
9: had no. He had surgery on his heart, and it didn't go too well. He was born with chronic lung disease, pulmonary vein stenosis, left upper and left lower, and ASD. It's a hole in the heart in the two chambers of his heart. Pulmonary um, hypertension, hypothyroidism. So it's the
3: so much is the lungs wrong, really so much going wrong in such a small little body and, and 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 did a did a doctor and look with the best will in the world i suppose he knew no better at the time did a, did the doctor say to you look the best thing you can do is take him home and palliative care no
9: no that was when we got to Crumlin
3: okay
7: okay what happened yeah
9: there? he was trans he was transferred from the coom he caught covid in the coom at two weeks old oh, so he would have been 29 weeks um, he, I nearly lost him then again. He was intubated again. He got very, very severe COVID. Um, he was in isolation for four weeks. And when he overcame that on the fifth week, he went across the Crumlin on the 25th of July. Okay. Just for because he was born with a cleft lip and palate, the coom <clears throat> they don't have the facilities for cleft lip and palate for feeding. Sure. So he was sent to the, he was sent to Crumlin for his feeding, and while he was in Crumlin getting a feed, he was given too much of a bottle, to be honest with you, and he got aspiration pneumonia. I nearly lost him again.
3: Oh God! Okay, okay. Wow. Uh, now he's nine months old. Now he needs a double lung transplant.
9: He needs a double lung transplant will, for Nikki to have problems, a good
3: life.
9: Nicola. It will yeah, it will give him the quality of life. Yeah. If Nikki doesn't get this double lung transplant, I don't know if I see Nikki through his second birthday. Yeah. Now he has an echo tomorrow, and this echo will tell me how well he's doing.
3: Yeah. But can he breathe whether on his he's own today?
9: To day? <clears throat> no, Nikki's on lifelong oxygen.
3: He's the thing in his nose, has he?
9: Yeah, he's a nasal cannula in his nose. Okay,
3: okay, and he's just nine months. Nighttime
9: old? Nighttime is the worst. Yeah, nine months old. Nighttime is the worst because you're just sitting up watching.
3: his breathing. Yeah, could he stop like in any minute?
9: We were taught. We were given CPR. Um, what would you call this training listen, listen, in listen, listen. Crumlin. before we before we left Crumlin, We were given CPR training because Nikki can go into cardiac arrest okay. at any time.
3: How on earth do you give CPR to something so tiny?
9: I don't know. It's scary. When I was doing it on a little doll, it was scary. Very, very scary. We have to train our kids into doing CPR as well.
3: My goodness me. My goodness. Now, assuming that he can get the double lung transplant, he'll have to go to Birmingham for it.
9: Over to Birmingham,
3: yeah. Mm. And it. (laughs) I can't imagine that there are too many um, donor lungs that, that that are that small
9: and that young. That are that small, exactly. He's just he's on the list, and it's just hope and pray.
3: And you could get a call, like
9: we could get a call. We're hoping we'll get the call. Yeah. I uh, I'm hoping and praying every day that we do get the call because to lose a child, it, it, it I don't even want to go
3: there. I know. And could like could this call come like tomorrow?
9: It could come anytime.
3: Right. So you pagers and phones. And do they still do it that way? They yeah. still just call you directly on the phone, is that what it is? And say, Get
9: they, they'll the, will, uh, directly call my partner Nicholas. Right. And once he gets the call, it's off he goes.
3: Off he goes. Look like at that. You know, I know that you're from a Hedda, but you live in. You live in Kildare? I'm living in Kildare, yeah. Uh, how quickly could you get across?
9: Oh, we have air ambulance and everything. Nicky is, um to be airlifted. So when we get the call, he'll just, we it's just bring him
3: to the nearest yeah.
9: place. It's all in place. That's, everything is in place, yeah. It's that, like its clear. like hospitals. If Nicky gets sick, he's red alert I if he you. gets sick.
3: I have you, I have you. So literally you could be in Birmingham in a couple of hours. Yeah. Oh, right. That's great. Now it's going to co- cut. You have you have a GoFundMe going, and you've mar- various. We have a GoFundMe going. Various fundraisers happening because it's going to cost an awful lot of we money. We have Indeed.
9: Yeah. It is indeed. It is indeed, and the fundraising is happening in the Midland Park Hotel with the fantastic Fanta.
3: Ah, oh, listen. There's nothing happens in East Cork that Fanta isn't stuck in. What's he at this he time? He is.
9: Because? He is a legend. He is doing an 80s night for in aid of Nicky. Right. In Middleton Park Hotel in May. He has a meeting now today, so we'll know the dates. Very good. Of when it's going to go ahead, but he's just an
3: unbelievable man. He is, isn't he? He is. He's stuck Brilliant. Any time someone rings me with any kind of a fundraiser or any kind of thing from East Cork, Fanta is connected to it some way.
9: He is indeed. He's, he's just a the man needs an award he really does for the stuff he does for East Cork he's just mighty
3: so like you might you'd hope things are so urgent you you might get the call long before this event happens but
9: we could we were told it could take months
3: could take months could take months yeah because of course it'll have to be a very 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 (sighs) tiny pair of lungs exactly (sighs) Do you live in fear, Nicola, every day?
9: I'm living in fear every day. I'm looking at my baby, thinking, why him? Why did it have to be him? What did I do wrong? You know, I blame myself for it, like. Do you? Why?
3: Yeah. Why? It's just all ten. I I don't know. You shouldn't, you know. It's not your fault. It's just... And you want to see that he's
9: just a lovely baby, like
3: his pictures are the pictures are lovely. Pictures are lovely.
9: He's he's handsome. He was born with trisomy twenty one as well. That, yeah,
3: downs, like,
9: yeah. yeah. Down syndrome, yeah, and that was post birth. I was told in my scans that he was fine.
3: It didn't show with up in the Down scans
9: syndrome. Yeah. It didn't show it showed that he was going to be born with Edwards syndrome or Pat's syndrome.
1: Okay.
9: And when they came and told me it was Down syndrome. It was like Christmas came to me every day.
3: I know. And the other two are very, they're very, very complicated things. Yeah. But, you, but you, the who, fear is... Who's looking after you? I know your your partner's probably brilliant. I say this, I'm laughing at this. There's Nicola, there's Nicholas, and there's Nikki. Like, this is going to be very confusing yeah. in years to go.
10: They used to say that in the hospital as well, the three Nickys. <laughs> but who's looking after you?
3: Who do you talk to?
9: I talk to my mum. She's fantastic. Um, my sister, fantastic. My family are fantastic. Mm. They're fantastic. Yeah.
3: yeah. but don't, You shouldn't blame yourself for this. You know that, don't
9: you? Uh, I blame myself because I'm... His mum, do you know what I mean? I carried him.
3: But that doesn't... Yeah. yeah. That's a horrible weight to put on yourself. You know, it's... Uh, it's
9: horrible, like, you've doctor or you've nurses calling to your house. Like, when you've had healthy kids, do you know what I mean? It's so, so different. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so different. Like, we've a lot of doc- a lot of nurses come into the house. I've OT come into the house. We're trying to get them a Triton seating system chair, which I can't be even funded that until there. So... Yeah we're hoping that the GoFundMe will help with that as well, like, you know, so he can interact with his with his two brothers while they're playing, do you know what I what mean? What
3: kind of a chair is that,
9: Nicola? It's a, trit- it's a Triton seating system. It's like, it's for kids with disabilities.
3: Okay. It's,
9: it's like, say, it's, uh, if we were eating at the table, we could push him off to the table because it'll have a tray on it. If he wants to play with the two boys. It's like a little specialised
3: play- high chair, yeah?
9: It is indeed, so he can interact with the two boys, like you know.
3: Right, and there's no. Why am I not surprised? There's no funding there for that.
9: No, I was told by the OT here in Kildare that we have no funding. You'll have to go and get it yourself, and this chair will cost you about four grand. God, almighty's sake! We've no funding. Yeah. No funding. With all the money you're getting, don't get me
1: started.
3: No, don't. No, it <laughs> girl. Don't get me started either. Because when I this 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 I'm, I'm getting cross now. Talking to you, because I'm thinking yeah. to myself, there's your little boy, needs a, ch- needs a high chair, four grand. And they're throwing money around like it was water at this, that yeah. or the other flipping cause.
9: Yeah, so, PJ, the only way, and this will sound heartbreaking, mm. I'm only after getting a forever home in December because my child is sick. Because my baby was sent home for palliative care, we get our forever home, waiting on a council list for 16 years.
3: And you got bounced up because of him? Yeah. Well, rightly so, to be honest. Rightly so, but no. Well, we're,
9: we're grateful for our house, but you give be given that. because my baby was sent home for palliative care. Do you know what I mean?
3: But well, the idea that he can't get a little high chair so he can sit at the table with his brothers...
9: That is... Yeah, or play with his brothers. It's it's shocking. In this day and age, it's four shocking.
3: Grand. Four grand. I mean, four. four... I was told to gather up four grand. Now, look, Fanta will raise that in 20 minutes. You know that, don't you?
9: Oh, of course. That's a mighty man, I'm telling you. When he, once he heard about Nicky, is brilliant. He knows my mum very well. And when he knew who the baby was, he instantly got in contact with
3: my mum. Well, we'll share... And they met up and they had a meeting. We'll share the living life out of this GoFundMe for you and there might be someone who knows, there might just be even one of those high chairs going around that someone's done with
9: that somebody's done with yeah, we'd be happy enough with it you know what I mean, I've even went on the Disabled Ireland on Facebook to see if I could get one on that
3: yeah, have you enabled Ireland up, you have of course enabled Ireland up in that part of the world haven't you
9: we have yeah, but I'm we're not connected with them Okay.
3: Maybe it's time to pick up the phone.
9: I'll be doing a lot of it now tomorrow when I go no. to Crumlin with him. I no. won't be just going up for his echo. I'll be going looking for people to help me out here now with
3: him. they send
9: you home and tell... No. You'll be sent home saying you're going to be getting this, that and the other. She, you're only sent out the door and that's it.
3: Cause I, I know I'm know i just thinking of you here now. I'm, I'm thinking like a parent, Nicola, not like a, not like a broadcaster or a presenter. I'm thinking like a parent. And I know that you've got to raise... All this money to get him to Birmingham, and when that call comes, you'll run, and you'll be there. Oh, and definitely! And, and and they're the best, probably the best doctors in the world over there. Can do all this they're for him, and I hope to God they can. But this brilliant. this little high chair, four effing grand,
11: a
9: thousand euro. Yep. Yeah.
3: And and there's no money there. No money. And they're throwing money out right, left, and centre. And you know me, and you don't. We don't have to. Go, we we don't have to make a list. But well, we could nope. in our heads where money is exactly. been thrown around this country like it was water. At our yeah. nonsense.
9: And can't be given to the people that need it.
3: Oh, Nicola, 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 Nicola. <sighs> Give that little warrior a hug for you, will
9: you? I will indeed.
3: And if we can find... Because that's what he is. He's a little warrior. If we can find you a chair... um. We'll see. Give us the name of it again. It's a JCM Triton seating system. JCM Triton seating system. If there's one out there yeah. that someone is done with. Because you know what? Do you know the best thing that happens with these? This is the thing that drives me mad. So someone will have had it and used it. And then they'll have sent yeah. it back. And it'll be sitting in a flip and skip somewhere. Or a store That's just it. Yeah, that's just it. All right. Nicola, you look after... You're beautiful little lad, and look after yourself. You're not to blame. You I will leave, You're PJ. not to blame. This isn't your thank fault. Thank you. <laughs> this isn't your fault, Nicola. All right, girl. That's perfect, PJ. Thank you so much. If there's much. anything we can do, if there's anything we can do, you know where we are. All right. Thank you so much, PJ. Take care. Cheers. Oh wait, one eight 96, 96, 96. Forgive me. That made me very very cross. Very very cross. We're throwing money out right, left and centre at every kind of a half arsed scheme notion <laughs> How much money was spent no sorry no, right? How much money was spent on this bottle tax bullshit? And that poor child can't get away a high chair. Don't start me, let's don't start. the
1: conversation. This is the Opinion line
2: With the Furniture Center, Watercourse Road Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over forty-five years in business. The FurnitureCenter.ie.
1: FM.
3: Fiona, you were listening to, to Nicola on about baby Nikki. Are you as annoyed Hi. as I am?
12: I'm very annoyed, PJ, and I'm speaking from experience, uh, and I've spoken to you before about all these kinds of things. I have a little granddaughter that has scoliosis and uh, other problems on her, and she's nil by mouth. Yeah. And we got them seats through Enable Ireland, so that's what I want to tell herself. Get on to Enable Ireland and ask them to push for the seat for her. Yeah.
3: She's not because, in contact with them, but I suggested to her that oh, she pick up the I, phone. I,
12: or get on to COPE if she's not in contact with neighbour if she goes through COPE. Well,
3: she's in Kildare, so I'm not too sure if COPE are up there, but...
12: Right, right, definitely in right, Able right.
3: Ireland or some one of those services. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
12: And they will push for the chair for her because it's a godsend for our little one because she can sit at the table with us. Yeah, explain to me if you want know how it works. So, um, it's basically like a normal uh, high chair, but it's for their disabilities that they... The little bodies can sit into to them and you can hoist it up and hoist it down and, okay. and a little tray in the front of it. Now, at the moment, we're not using ours at the moment because it's it's come back to neighbor Island because our little one is by moat. Okay. And will be for a long time, so some other child could have benefited from us. Sure. Because they're so expensive. Now, we did wait, Peter. I will say that we did wait and we waited three... Uh, our little baby Naomi will be four in May, and we waited three years for her wheelchair, which we only got oh, baby about. Naomi, I know you're
3: you know Naomi. Naomi. I remember you now, yeah, yeah, yeah.
12: Yeah, so, and at the moment, now one of her lungs is after going as well, so she'll be going to Crumlin to have that removed. Oh dear. So, um, yeah, so she's nil by mouth. She's brilliant, she's flying. She's flying. She's flying, PJ. She really is. But as I said, we got our wheelchair there just at the start of February. Right. And we were three years waiting for it. Three yeah. years. Three years. And all because of funding as well. Actually, the wheelchair that Naomi got now in February, she'll be over again within six months rather after thing. applying for another like, one.
3: The time, but the, if it takes three yeah. years, by the time she gets yeah. it, she's grown out of the damn thing.
12: She's, yes, exactly. And they said she, she won't last long in this one now that they've actually applied for the next size one for her now when they gave her the first one.
3: Something's wrong, isn't
12: there? So, there's something wrong because there's money there, PJ. And you know, you know the way I look at it as well? You do fantastic work with your telethon every year that the money is going to the hospitals and things like that.
3: Absolutely, it'll be on again you know,
12: in the end of May. it we'll the end of May, and why can't they spend it on these kind of equipment then for the children that need it? Yeah. Or for the parents, parents have to stay out there for three and four weeks, have to stay yeah. with their oh, children.
3: The radiothon stuff goes to cancer care, but I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you
12: mean. Yeah, And yeah. PJ, like uh, our little one, is, has a peg, and there's no peg nurse in Cork. So, if ah. anything happens, there's no pig nurse in stop, Cork. Stop!
3: Stop! 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 Stop!
12: No! Stop! No, there's no pig nurse in Cork, PJ. And if anything happens, our baby's pig, my daughter has to get on the train and go to Crumlin.
3: How many children in Cork are on pigs? I, I, pigs I'm, I'm not God. asking you to know that. There no, must be I don't dozens. Know that.
12: Yeah. Mm.
3: There must be dozens. Yeah. And there's, now, no can take
12: them to the, there's no pig nurse in Cork. No. No. And the one in Cromlin, no, there's two in Crumlin and they're after being cut down a couple of days as well. And Naomi was having a problem with her take last week and I rang Crumlin and the nurse couldn't be more helpful than anything else. And she said, I would advise you to go to the CUH for the paediatric doctor to have a look at it. Uh, I wouldn't actually be able to see her this week at all. I would try and fit her in next week.
3: And like- If the peg isn't working, the poor child doesn't eat.
12: She doesn't get her feed. She doesn't get any feed. No, she doesn't get any feed. And plus, it it gets very sore, PJ, around the peg and uh, very wet and things like that. So there's no
3: nurse There's no nurse in Cork. No.
12: There's no peg nurse in Cork.
3: My God, Fiona.
12: Surely, Peter God, PJ, there has to be a nurse in the CUH with such a big hospital or the mercy hospital that could be trained to do what they have to do with the peg.
3: Exactly. Send send, send some nurse up to Crumlin for a couple of months and teach them Mm. that.
12: Mm. My daughter had to learn how to use the peg, PJ, and she had to stay in Crumlin to do it. When Naomi got fitted with the peg first, my daughter and my sister... They're the two most important people that are trained for it, that know what to do with it and things like that. And they had to go to Dublin to be trained for that as well. All
3: right. My yeah. best to everybody, uh, Fiona. Thanks but very much, cer- Peter. Certainly your, your advice to, to, to Nicola is to get on to Enable Ireland, open her part of the country, and see if they can help her with that high chair. Thank you very much, Fiona. My best to Naomi and everybody else in the family. There's another thing we've now discovered, lads. There's another thing we've now discovered in the last 20... this has been a morning of discoveries and not good ones. 4,000 euro for a specialised high chair for that little child, um, whose mum is from Mahada, but he lives in Kildare. 4,000 euro and there's no money there. And the money were thrown around at this, that and the other. Thrown it around like water, at this, that and the other. And and don't any politician get on to me, because you're all the flippant same when it comes to that. And... Now we hear that, I don't know how many children in Cork, and how many adults, but how many children in Cork have a peg for feeding them at the moment. And there is no nurse. There is no nurse. We have 11, now, C.U.H., I have the best of respect, the highest of respect and regard in the world for everybody working in uh, uh, clinical practice in C.U.H. and the Mercy. But we have no peg. Specialist nurse in Cork at the moment. Can you believe that? Oh, wait, one Fiona mentioned Radiothon, and uh, yeah, that is about. It is, of course, about uh, cancer services. But she reminds me to remind you that it's eighty seven days away. Only eighty seven days away now to the Corks ninety six of M Giving for Living Radiothon. It's back May twenty third to raise funds for Cork Cancer Services. Whether you're doing a coffee morning or donating all your loose change or putting on your team colours to raise money, you'll be doing it for a great cause. And we've lots more to tell you about over the next couple of weeks and months. Full details how to get involved in this year's Giving for Living Radiothon. Pop along to 96fm.ie. 96fm.ie. We are 87 days away from the Corks 96fm. Giving for Living Radiothon. Now, this morning, if you were caught in traffic, you'll have been cursing them. But more than 100 farmers were protesting as part of the IFA's campaign. Enough is enough. There was about 60 tractors went through the city, out to Western Road, out to College Road to protest out there. Brian Desmond is a tillage farmer in Kinsale and... Brian, you're one of the farmers who joined this this morning because it's a very hard time to do business. Good morning. Hi, PJ.
14: How are you doing? Very um, good. Yeah. I think, my, listen to the lady that was on before me. I think she's got problems too. We all do. Yeah, look, PJ, um, there's huge issues, issues in the farming industry at the moment and across all sectors. I can only speak for myself as a tillage farmer, but I can see problems everywhere. Um, the ISA are down here organizing a, a, a demonstration, I suppose, for the want of a better word, down the county county hall here. And yes, their agenda is regulation. Their agenda is policy, which I do agree with. But bottom line here, PJ, it's financial. The agenda is financial. We're going out of business. Me personally, I had a very bad year last, last year in Tillich. I lost money, actually. If I have another year like that, I won't be growing cereals. That's only me as a tillage man. Um, Again, across the board, there's cattle, there's pig sector, there's dairy sector, there's problems everywhere. But really, we could be talking about regulations and policies and fighting them. Uh, If we were getting paid for our product, we'd handle those regulations and policies. We would handle them. Brian, for for, for a Tony,
3: for a city boy... Oh, and yeah. all I know about farming is no farmers, no food. T- tell me what it's like on a day-to-day basis, your crops, trying to sell them, trying to get, a, get, get paid for them.
14: Uh, I suppose that's a bigger... Um, yeah, okay, on a day-to-day basis, I deal with, with a co-op. I send my cereals into a co-op. I have no control over the price that I get for those cereals at the end of the day. Um, no, I mean, that's a historic issue. I mean, there's always merchants since <laughs> well, 5,000 years. There's grain merchants. Uh, I'm not going to change that. But my inputs, basically, that's my fertilizers, my seeds, my sprays, have risen dramatically since COVID, I suppose, really, since 2020, 21. Produced the, the money I'm getting back to my produce, the price of that, that has not risen. So the gap has really closed here. I suppose to give you a good example here, PJ, um, between myself and my brother-in-law, we grew 40 acres of oats last year. We got 195 euro per tonne for our oats. If you go into any supermarket and go for the cheap brand of oats, it's 1 euro 95 per kilo. So equate that to a tonne, that's 1,950 euro per tonne of oats. When we only get 195 euro for that, for that ton. So, and again, I'm saying that's 10% of the overall uh, cost to the consumer. I mean, that 10%, I'm actually not getting that 195. I have to pay my spray man, my diesel man, my fertilizer man. I know man. that, yeah. I know so, that. I, I know that, that no, really. Am I getting about 23, 25 euro a ton? Possibly that's it. Um, uh, I suppose, PJ, we could go on and on here, but the big issue here, I mean, certainly the price of food in a supermarket cannot go up. There's already, whether we want to admit it in this country or not, there's already people on the breadline in this This country.
3: And this is the thing, and and Brian, I'm very glad you brought that up before somebody else does, and I respect you very much for doing so, because as a farmer, we've just outlined your financial issues, but you've also recognised that families trying to put food into fridges and larders... They can't afford any more either. So what happens here then? What
13: what has
14: to happen? Look... Honestly, I'm not the man to answer that. Are we dealing with a bigger cartel here? For the want of a better word, here we're not allowed to use that
3: word. Be very careful about using that <laughs> word. But you know, yeah, absolutely, that, no, that word are, can get people on higher pay grades than you and me into a lot of trouble. Yeah, so let's, let's uh, uh,
14: absolutely, and maybe I should re- take that
3: word back. But really, possibly better, po- possibly better that you did, Brian. But let thank you for that. But let but let's just say that where's the money going is the best question.
14: Correct. Correct. Like I suppose if we go back to the basis of the the EU and CAP, I suppose, which is common agricultural policy, um, the basis of of all that was after the World War was to keep food supplies sustainable and cheap in Mm. Europe, which was a great idea, a brilliant idea, but that actually snowballed now that... Yes, well, uh, this could be argued, is food still cheap? No, it's not, because as I, as I repeat again, there's a lot of people on the bread line already. But food is X price. The producer now is getting a percentage of that X price. So since that common ag- agricultural policy was set out, there's people in the middle here making huge money. And I can't sort that. I'm only one person. I'm only one man. But this is a bigger issue.
3: you see what's happened with the, the farmers in France where they were surrounding cities like trying to surround Paris and trying to surround Bordeaux and and the message being we're going to surround the cities and towns until nothing can get in and then you'll realise what it's like without us could we we be facing that here Brian?
14: Um, uh, Yes and no I I think short term no but long term, and I'm going to explain this to you if we have the, ti- if we have the time here. Take your time. You, do we have time enough? Go on. Yeah, it'll take me a few minutes. Basically, you can see... Try and keep it simple, the, Brian. Just, yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, absolutely. We can see from the media over the last few weeks since this has all kicked off in Europe that farmers are protesting against um, foods coming in from outside the EU. Now, yes, I do agree countries outside the EU, South America, um, uh, Ukraine, I suppose, God knows they have their own problems, I know that. Uh, I do agree they can produce food cheaper than us, and I can see why the EU wants to bring in food that's cheaper. I mean, really, the EU care about economics at the end of the day. But I'll just take this scenario, if, we'll say, in 10 years down the road, there were are Importing 100% of our food into this country or into Europe from outside the EU. What happens when one of these countries are a natural disaster or enter war or I like COVID hits again, something like that, and the food transportation is stopped? What happens then? Mm. Then we starve. Absolutely. Because we have no farming in our country left to produce for ourselves.
3: So, yes. I, I, I used to think, Brian, you know, that like, as a country... That, such as us, with okay, we might curse and swear about the climate, uh, but yep. but to be fair, uh, it, it, we are a fantastic producer of food of all kinds. Food. We should be we should be virtually self sufficient.
14: We should be. I 100% agree with you. And as a matter of fact, going to that, uh, and I'll just touch on this again in South America at the moment, and this is the agreement that Europe are looking for to get beef from South America. They're cutting down rainforests to to make um, land for for, uh, producing cattle. In this country, and I might be wrong in my figures here, Per acre, we can produce 10, uh, 8 to ten head of cattle here mm. per acre, and fine cattle in Argentina, with because of the grass and the the conditions they have. For the same acre, they can only produce three cattle. So, I mean, we're on about climate and we're on about food. We are massive producers.
3: Leave yeah. us to us. <laughs> Leave us to yeah, it Why, us. why, why, why are we, why are we crippling our own native industries and importing stuff from around the world? Why, why, why is that necessary? It's a great question, a great question, and
14: there's obviously a bigger power there right. to have the answer to that.
3: All I, all I have to remember, Brendan, or Brian, and I'm sure you, you'll remember, I remember sugar beet. I'm old enough to remember yep. when we yep. shut down the sugar industry, and now we're buying sugar from outside the country, <laughs> and sugar went up. Yep, correct. We were Absolutely. making our own. We were selling
14: the yep. stuff. Yep, that was 2007, I think, yeah, when the factory was sold. Yeah, you're spot on, I remember that. Yeah, all right. and, and I can see the same things happening here, did you? All
3: right, fine. All right, look looking after yourself. Thanks very much. That's Brian Desmond. He's a tillage farmer in Kinsale. Business is majorly affected by what's going on. That's why the farmers were protesting this morning out at the county hall and holding up the traffic and all that. They're going out of business. And they're seeing themselves being put out of business by a system that was supposed to save them the EU. Thank you, Brian. O eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. A lot of reaction to Nicola. I'll get to some of it in a sec. Join the
1: conversation. This is the Opinion line
2: With the Furniture Center, Watercourse Road Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurniturecenter.ie. 96 fm
3: You don't sign your name, but this is obviously uh Nicola's sister. I'm so proud of my sister and my nephew. She's an amazing mother that fights every day for her kids. You don't sign your name, which is a pity. PJ, will you just send that lady my love from a fellow mom of 28 week old twins one with chronic lung disease I'll be supporting and sharing the GoFundMe brings me back to the hardest time of my life Maeve says why is it a fight for everything for people with disabilities do the government understand how broken we are as parents dealing with everything and yet all this form filling webinars just fighting for basic stuff To give our children a better quality of life. Sometimes I think we're just invisible, says Maeve. And Anne was bawling listening uh, to uh, to, to Nicola. I'm heartbroken. She's going through hell. We think we have problems in life, but nothing compares to what that woman is going through with her little baby. God help her. The government should give her all the help she wants. We should be shouting out from the rooftops. So sad for her. And her family. Bear in mind, this is a woman, you hear the, pro- the podcast later, who's been told her, her child needs a little 4,000 euro wheelchair, a high chair, specialised high chair, four grand. There's no money. There's no money. Next time they're laying out cycle lanes and greenways and paying for bottle taxes and all that kind of crack, right? And they're telling you, oh, there's no money for that little child for a, wheel, for a, for a high chair. That's what you're dealing with, lads. That's what we're dealing with in 2024. Now, on the hospitals, and we hear so much talk about what's not good about our health service. But many people then want to tell us, when you're inciting it, it's the best in the business. Kevin, you should, you. if if it wasn't for the staff and the mercy, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Good morning.
13: Good morning, PJ. How are you doing?
3: Very good, very good. When were you diagnosed with cancer?
13: 2016. I I prior to that I had a massive heart attack in oh, 2000. I had a triple bypass in 2001, and prior to that I had kidney troubles nice. and I had kidney stones and I had a bad pain in my back in 2016, and I went to my doctor who sent me for an X-ray, and from there I went to see my urologist, Dr. Emmen Cody in the COH. Yeah. And he didn't like what he saw in the x-ray, and he said he was going to pass it over to Dr. Aiden O'Sullivan Sullivan in the Mercy Hospital, who specialised in pancreatic cancer.
3: Oh, God. Pancreatic?
13: Yeah, that's what oh. I have. So um, I met Dr. O'Sullivan in, in April 2016, and he said I'd amassed my pancreas, and it needed to be removed. The operation was scheduled for August, but they brought it forward to, to June. And I did a major operation. They took away most my pancreas, my spleen, a good share of my stomach.
3: Was that and the Whipple operation? Yeah.
13: No, it was. I didn't have the Whipple. I did the other operation. I didn't detail. Okay. And um, the operation was, as we thought, was a success. But one of the margins was infected, and I started chemotherapy, intensive chemotherapy for six months. And it was fairly severe, I'll tell you the truth. And then I had 28 sessions of radiation treatment on the pancreas as well. And uh, mother of God, it was severe. But only for the Mercy Hospital, I'd be dead long ago.
3: Well, pancreatic cancer, being diagnosed with that in 2016 and still being here in 2024, you've had some fantastic treatment.
13: Absolutely. Dr. Power and his team in the Mercy hospital are second to none. Derek
3: Power, yeah. Great man. Derek
13: Power, Great man. A brilliant man. He's a brilliant not not just a brilliant oncologist, he's a brilliant human being as well. He is a fabulous
3: fella. Fabulous fella. I've met him a few times. Fabulous man. Yeah. Knows knows more about his specified area than some people will ever know.
13: Absolutely. And he knows everybody by their first name. He does, yeah. He knows their condition. I don't know how he retains all that information.
3: We've talked to loads of people during the years of radio, you know that um, that that he has treated. They all said the same. He, he knows everybody by their name, and he doesn't even oh, need to look at their file. He knows what they're in for and what they I need. I've
13: anyone like the men in my life, and that's the truth. And I've met a lot of doctors. Good man, but he's full of empathy as well, like you know.
3: Yeah. So uh, here you are in 2024, having been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 2016. Now you want to give back. You have a big event coming up. When is it? on? it's in July. I,
13: on the 6th of July in the High Burning Hotel in Malo.
3: Right.
13: In fairness, the High, the High Burning Hotel, they gave us the function room for nothing. And they are a great help to us, in fairness, Karen and Trina in there.
3: That's a fine function room, actually, that is.
13: Absolutely. Now, what we're putting on is we're putting on a kind of few variety acts, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. We
13: have a, a traditional kind of a folk group starting off. They're a young band, a young group. And then we've got Mike Morgan who's a friend of the family. He's a, he's a funny a, lad.
3: He's a funny lad, is Mike Morris. He's
13: a great, great lad, yeah. He's doing DMC for us, and he's doing his sketch. Then uh, Bobby Mann, he's, he's a friend of the family as well. He's doing the disco. It's an 80s team disco, and hopefully people might dress up for us. There'll be a prize on the night. There will be spot prizes on the ticket on the door. Okay. We're charging 15 euros the ticket in. All right. Okay. There'll, there'll be spot prizes on that as well.
3: And, all, and, all, uh, the, and, all and the, the proceeds will go cancer. to the Mercy, Found- Mercy University Hospital Foundation, yeah?
13: Yeah, for, for, for oncology, yeah. That's what it's going for. Okay. Like, hopefully, what we can do is provide a cancer care centre for patients in the Mercy Hospital. Very good. Dermot that says only got five full-time beds in there. Yes. Yes, yes. They uh, have a couple of beds for day cases. All right, like but there's only five full time beds there, and if we could help in other ways by like fundraising, hopefully that would free up the HSE. There you to go. provide more beds and
3: staff, you know. Okay, well, you got the Mercy University Hospital on mind on the 6th of July with your fabulous night at the Hibern in uh, in Mallow. Um, the staff, like you say, the staff at the Mercy is second to none. We we deal with them every single month of May for the uh, Giving for Living Radiothon. There's a lot more detail on your story, Kevin, in corkbio as well this week. That's
13: right, yeah. No, it's not just the nurses and doctors. The cleaning staff, yep. the kitchen staff, yep. every one of them in there are fantastic.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Every
13: absolutely. Um, could I just add I'm oh. hoping that local businesses and industry will get behind this and donate. We have a web page set up, there's a Facebook page set up and everything can be donated through the Mercy Hospital Foundation charity page itself. The uh, I donate. Page there where you can donate directly into the fund. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. Um, my website is active, and his this excellent like my friend, set that up. He's been a fantastic help to me setting up this fundraiser. Without him, I wouldn't be able to do it.
3: You know. All right. Well, look, um, you you look after yourself, and we'll certainly promote the heck out of that for you. And you know what? You and I might have a chat, Kevin, during the Radiothon as well, because that's all about the Mercy. They're one of our partners, and we'd love to chat to you about your cancer journey, which has been fascinating, uh, discovering that you had pancreatic cancer in 2016. And that's one of the bad ones, and that's one of the ones we always hear. We always hear terrible things about pancreatic cancer. Kevin is still here in 2024, thanks to the incredible work of Dr. Derek Power and the team at the Mercy. So any more information about that, we'll find it for you. Uh, there is the July the 6th at the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow. Thank you, Kev. 0818 96 96 96. Hope your health continues to be as solid as it sounds. Good man. Yeah, we're 87 days away now from the Corks 96 FM giving for living radiothon. The year is already galloping by. Isn't it now?
1: Join the conversation. This is The Opinion Live.
2: With The Furniture Center, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining, and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurniturecenter.ie. March
1: 96 FM. <laughs> the Minds are live. Oh, hello.
2: Join
1: the conversation Call 0818 96, 96,
2: 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 3 Email opinion at 96fm.ie
1: This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan What well,
3: a beautiful morning out there now The forecast for the rest of the day is nice Not looking too hot or hectic for the rest of the week But we'll take it When we get it, and today it looks nice. It was cold and bright this morning. It was lovely. I was saying at the top of the programme that it was great to see the sunlight, or well, well, the start of the sunlight before I left the house this morning. It really was nice. Really, really nice. Now, I will be, and I'll I'll tell you when I'm doing it, and I might even take a little bit of video when I go to do it. Uh, I will be paying my first trip at some stage this week to a, a bottle machine. I um, had bottle and deposit return machine. I have a little bag, almost ready to go. And I'll be doing going down some day during the week, and I'll take a small little bit of video and let you see my experience. And if it spits it back out, it spits it back out. And if it takes it, it takes it. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I do know someone over the weekend where I took a little bag of bottles back and got their, I think they got about two euro back and then they went and spent it at the shop it was all grand but they kind of said are we going to do this every flipping week now is this what we're left with well it kind of is but I'll I give it a go at some stage I have a little, a little um, bag at home of bottles and, uh, and cans and I'll head down to one of the shops I haven't chosen yet which one I'll go to uh, during the week and, and see where we, see how, see how I get on. All right. 0818 96 96 96, the number, the text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96, and the email opinion at 96 mmie Speaking of bottles and the prices and the taxes and all of that, Anthony, so you, what is it used to buy for 69 cents before COVID? Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, sir. Hi,
11: how are you? It was uh, the Voltrol, the sugar free uh, lemon and lime.
3: 69, okay. Sixty nine. Sixty uh, nine cents a bottle, you know.
11: Okay. So, but what, what,
3: what, what brand? Uh, what, Oh, oh yes, Volvic, Yeah, got gotcha. you. Yeah,
11: okay. uh, Volvic, Yeah. yeah. So it's um it's um. So it's it water, and we used to get a lot of it. You know, we, we like drinking it. So yeah, amount, flavored, you know? flavored water, flavored still yeah. water, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. It is. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's so. The way uh, I see it there now. Yeah. Yeah. So we. Um,
3: We used to get a few bottles every week and whatever, so it was great,
11: lovely and cheap. But as time went on through COVID, it went up and went up and went up, you know?
3: Mm.
11: So up to, we'd say, maybe three weeks ago before the tax came in, it was €2 a bottle, right? It It had been 69
3: cents before COVID.
11: Yes, I I I was paying 69 cents. Okay. So then uh, you were paying €2 a bottle, I'd say, right? €2 is what you are paying. Now, sometimes they might give you a special offer, what one fifty? So you buy you buy two for the three. If you know what I mean, three yeah,
3: that's three, dash three but, times the price, though. Oh,
11: y- yes, yes. So normally, normally I get about fourteen bottles. We'd say right. Mm. So to buy fourteen bottles, we'd say to twenty-eight hours. We'd say right. Yeah. But when I went there, when I went there last last week uh, to get it, it was two twenty plus the twenty-five cents uh, was added on. So it was two forty-five a bottle. 2.45 a bottle. So, like, if I was getting the 14 bottles, it would more to 28 odd. So, I left them there. I'd was, I was go mad. I left it there, with would say, right? But I found the place and I can send you the receipt now you can have a look with. I was able to get, um, sorry, if, yeah, if that was for 12 bottles. I was able to get 18 bottles. I was able to get 18 bottles for uh, 28 euros. Yeah. So, I got uh, I got six bottles Sort of free rather than open the uh, we're in only uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, so you when
3: it went from sixty-nine cents pre-COVID to two euros, and then the tax came in, that would have put it up by twenty-five cents a bottle, and then they put another twenty-five quid or twenty-five cents on it. So it's gone 20 from, cents. yeah, twenty cents. So yeah. it's gone. It's gone out to two forty-five for a simple bottle of water.
11: Correct. And when I qu- when I when I uh, questioned a uh, person on it uh, last week in their establishments but the weekend it's gone down to 150 plus the 25 cents so it's yeah. 175 now it'll stay like that for a few weeks again yeah. and it'll go back it'll go back up then again to the 220 plus the 25 cents
3: yeah yeah yeah. now have you tried going back to one of the machines yet
11: so um, yes I have some some, some uh, spend it out yeah uh, some talk with it So there was a gentleman who came out and he actually showed me. He said, look, you're putting your hand in and that's what it is. Keep your hand away from the machine. Just throw the bottle in and it went in automatically. It seemed to work like that then, you know?
3: I see, I see, I see. Well, as I said, I'm going to make my first trip now during the week and see how it goes for me. But that's that's a huge increase in price. 69 cents Mm -hmm. pre-COVID and now 245, including the 25 cents that you'll get back if the machine works. Correct. Correct and right. ridiculous. Anthony, thank you. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Yeah, I bought Saturday afternoon. I bought a crate of sparkling water uh, in Tesco's and Um And normally those crates would come in at around four euro, maybe three ninety nine, four twenty nine. That way, which is good value for twelve bottles, which you would normally have recycled. And then there's the fifteen cents on top of each one, which brought the price of the crate. Up to over six euro. Now, well, yeah, sure. If I mind the bottles, I'll get the money back. But it's it's. It, I'm just hoping against hoping when I go to the machines it'll work. 0818969696. Now, Patrick, forgive me. I didn't see the game yesterday, so I don't know what was wrong with the Cork GEA teams shorts. I was more focused on the rugby for the weekend. But uh, what what was up? Good morning.
15: Well, the whole strip—I mean, cocker red and white for the last hundred years, like. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah.
15: Well, the Cork, the cock county board thinking. Somebody asked me who's playing. I said Cork are playing. They're not. They are. I mean, I know sports direct uh, are sponsoring some part of it, but cocker red and white as long as they I'm alive. They sponsor Malaysia.
3: the jerseys, don't they? And they have the yeah. branding on the jersey. So I take it the jerseys were red, yeah.
15: jerseys were tricolors, I mean, either what colours on them? But cockle red and white, PJ, for the last one, but cheers, you know yourself. Indeed.
3: And what was wrong with the shorts?
15: The shorts are the same as the jersey. Cocker, red and white, white shorts and red rich, shorts. Rich oh,
3: so they weren't white shorts, oh dear, okay. They no, weren't wearing white shorts. First. They
15: were wearing shorts the same color as the
3: jersey. I see. Kind so of I
15: mean f- red and white, like white shorts, red jersey for as
3: long what as i was. The, was the whole thing a combination of red and white, or was there any white there at all?
15: No white at all. People were shell-shocked when they see it, like, and I was talking to people Just red.
3: And the Sports Direct logo is in white on top of the red, isn't it? It is. Yeah.
15: I know I know there's money involved, like... And is is there even
3: a stripe in it, like, the white stripe in it? There's
15: nothing, no. I mean, Cock County Bowl, I don't know who decided on it, but money is one thing, but, I mean, tradition is another thing. Because I
3: do know the jersey, was it last year... Uh, last year it was just the red jersey with the, with the Sports Direct logo on it and that was in place. Yeah, exactly, yes. And, and yes. then the white shorts. So the shorts are red now.
15: The shorts are the same as the jersey. I don't want colour you putting them. Nice.
3: No, nah. look, I suppose you <laughs> could argue, Patrick, that it doesn't matter if the shorts are pink and green stripes. If you're playing well, you'll win the match.
15: you win the match, I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but people were kind of looking at it and they said, my God, yeah. they left the, the county senior team out in that strip. That's right. so all just I just saying you might have some feedback on it today. just, so I Anybody, just I, as it I
3: too. said I didn't see I didn't see the game and I, I have I if anyone wants to send me a picture of what the shorts looked like and we can share it a bit maybe there is some change concerned nice I did not- asked, I did say. notice <laughs> <laughs> I did notice yesterday all right I was listening to our Finny Mac doing the match reports in the 6 o'clock mm-hmm. news and yeah. he was mentioning super value parky Queeve. so that has come in for sure. Pa- Patrick, thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. So if anybody uh, agrees with Patrick that the the shorts, so the the cork strip, cork G A strip, I- Patrick is saying it's not red or white anymore. He goes, to- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see it. eight ninety six.
1: 96.96
3: Join the conversation
1: This is the Opinion line
2: With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road Blackpool For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses, over 45 years in business, thefurniturecentre.ie All
3: right, I'm looking at the Examiner sports pages this morning now, there's a, a colour photograph of uh, Jack O'Connor celebrating a goal against Waterford. And if I could describe the the kit to you, yeah, it's kind of more like a rugby strip, kind of more like something you'd see being worn in the in the URC by a rugby team. I think it just it certainly isn't a traditional cork um, hurling strip. Michael's in Van Tier. Michael, good morning. That having been said, there's not a whole lot wrong with it. I would have thought. Well,
4: good morning, PJ. PJ, I, just, I was going to come on to you this morning, but uh, this, this is your last caller, I agree with him 100%. PJ, you know, look, <clears throat> Cork is the River County. Um, there's always known as the blood and bandage colours, you know? Yeah. But this thing yesterday, this is like uh, the army where the camouflage gear, you know? Yeah,
3: I should describe it for listeners. It's kind of a. There's red in it, definitely, but there's more black than red, and the Sports Direct logo is the only white on it. Now, that your man is, definitely. in this picture, he's wearing white sleeves. I'm wondering, is that some kind of, is that part of the jersey? Or is it something he's wearing underneath?
4: Well, a lot of the guys that old PG, you see them, they wear the different colours underneath the thermal gear, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, PJ, when I see this thing yesterday, I know I was super valuable after arriving in Parky big time. But uh, I'd say some circles pulled in anyway with this stuff, like, because uh, I think there's an awful way to see Cock going out uh, for the senior team yesterday, you know?
3: It's different, I wouldn't know, I, I mightn't say it's awful, it's certainly different, you'd expect, I suppose if you watch, like I'd watch rugby now, uh, a lot of the clubs have fairly flashy strips in the URC, particularly the French yeah. clubs, and I, do you know what's gone very colourful too <coughs> is cricket, gone very very colourful, yeah. not that I watch a lot of cricket now. But yeah. this is it's it's different for Cork. Like it's, <laughs> I put it this way, you wouldn't have seen Teddy Mac wearing that. That'd God, God be good to him.
4: Oh, oh be God No, you would not in PJ um, because PJ. When you as you mentioned Teddy Mac, you no, know, when you go back and think of Longwood and the traditional Cork red and white. Yeah. The famous, the famous Barry's T one, you know.
3: I do, yeah.
4: And then you had another one in East at D G one, which were lovely jerseys, like lovely That's jerseys, right. you know. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
4: and yeah. like more recently there before sports theater that I came on the senior had um, children shorts,
1: you know.
3: Yeah. Well, okay, I, look, I, I, I don't care. As, I don't care if it's being sponsored by the men in the moon as long as I'm inclined to. think, Okay, I don't think it's an unattractive jersey, but I do agree with you. That's not a traditional Cork jersey.
4: I will like I mean, look as any Cork person would tell you, like we are very passionate about all sports, you know.
3: Red, red like, top, white oh, shorts. Yeah, absolutely.
4: Oh, oh yes, PJ. I mean, that's traditional here. Like, I mean, we all wear it, like, in the summertime. There, even
3: right? if they I'm... kept the white shorts, you'd say something. But the colour scheme, yeah.
4: You'd say something, PJ, if they kept the white shorts. Even but even I see one guy, you know, he caught my eyes. As the previous caller said, the shorts seem to be extra sharp. He's shot socks on as well. Black and black and red as well. Yeah. And P- PJ and all was like... <laughs> I mean, cock hurling, I know like, at the moment they're struggling a bit, but this thing doesn't help for their image either, like, you know?
1: Well, yeah,
3: I know. Well, this, you see, this is a bit like, in a way, there's a kind of a parallel with the rugby here, because nobody likes to see Ireland going out in anything other than green. That's right, yeah. And no he one likes like to that? see Munster going out in anything other than red. Sometimes when you're doing an away game, you have to, but no one likes yeah. to see it.
4: Yeah, I but guess you... Uh, yeah did uh, dear. back a few years ago, there, was on the which insurance that time. They bought a lovely jersey to commemorate um, the two Lord meals. It was it um, McSweeney and Kintan. Yeah, yeah. It was a black jersey with City Hall in it. You know?
3: Yeah.
4: And the two Lord meals because I I bought one actually and I gave it to my brother in London and he said it was the nicest jersey he ever saw. You know?
3: Yeah. But just yeah.
4: plain black pieces you know, with red red. It was very well designed, you no, know, but. <laughs>
3: I, I, oh, now, now that I now that I see it. Now that I see it, and I'm not I'm, I'm not going to say I don't think it's unattractive, but I certainly am not going to say it's traditional cork because it's Anthony. But Michael, thanks. That's Michael and Bant here. We at the match yesterday. We were watching the game. It's it. That's not. So let me describe it for you. It's kind of a red and black sort of camouflage pattern with the Sports Direct logo in white on the front of it and it is as I said, not an unpleasant looking thing but that ain't no that ain't no traditional Cork hurling gear like you would never have seen you would never have seen Teddy Mack in that you would never have seen JBM in that you would never have seen Ringy you'd have never seen oh god think of any player you want and you'd never have seen them in it Oh eight one. I know we've different things to bother us on a Monday. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now Claire, Claire, you were one of the first people who sent us a message yesterday last uh, to, about these fires that had uh, been set around town. You were one of the very early witnesses. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. What was the first thing that came ac- that you came across?
16: Yeah. Uh, so I went into town, uh, just had to pick up one thing quickly. Uh got into town and I actually just I was a bit hungry. Went, went over to Aldo Flunker Street, nothing was happening. It was parked on Academy Street about halfway up. And I came back to my care I had to pick up something and I was running over to Paul Street. Yeah. So... As I got to my car, I went, there's alarm going off, Taught nothing. And then I got nearer, nearer to Boots on the corner and all the staff were outside and there was a couple of customers hanging around. I said, oh, they've been evacuated. I don't know what's going on. So I went away on to my shop because it was closing at half-five. And when I came back ten minutes later, the staff had suddenly moved away over to the front of the museum. So I said, oh, it must really be a big fire or something. So I looked in the door. there's a door open. A tiny bit, and you could actually see the white smoke on the back end of boots coming up towards the door. Right. Firemen were there, they had hoses, they were getting stuff out. So I said, Well, this was supposed to be major. And then it dawned on me, I got back to the car and I said, H&M's alarm was going off, is or not HM, um, next alarm has going yeah, off yeah. across the road. Yeah. So, um, so I didn't speak to anyone in boots, uh, but there was like four or five, and this appeared to be staff standing there. So over there was I said, asked the girl, I said, what is going on? he have been evacuated because of Boots and she went, no, someone's going around setting fires around the city and I went, deliberately? And she was like, yeah, they've come into our store after being in Boots and they've set like a whole rail of clothes on fire. She said, we have it under control but Boots seems to be worse for some reason. So, Ooh. like, I was actually going to go into Boots. That's why I stopped again on the way back and I went, oh, I'll go to Blackpool. So, and when I went away out to Blackpool, I wasn't aware there was five fires, so five like, fires yeah. later um, on, eight, yeah. eight nine o'clock
3: that evening. It all happened between five and six. Next, Boots, super Dry, Lifestyle, TK Maxx, all kind of within a, a half a square mile of each other.
16: It was like literally they just ran around town doing it and then left, I presume.
15: We don't know who um, I'm yet. presuming
16: Gardy and everyone, they have footage and like yeah. everywhere has cameras now. Yeah, they, so the, like, someone, asking, someone
3: asking or, earlier on if, if the shops have cameras. Those shops will have cameras inside and out, so.
16: Yeah, I work security. Every one of them have a huge backload of cameras. Like they're on every little corner. Yeah. Uh, any of those big stores, like, there's a few stores in the city. I'm not going to name that don't have cameras, but yeah. people do know that they don't have cameras. But any though, they're all really big. Um, the okay. only thing I thought was common in them they're generally originally English stores. Yeah, that are in Ireland for a long time. But that was the only thing that linked them together. Saying what, what, what would be in common?
3: Yeah, that was lifestyle, Superdry, like, Next, Boots, and TK Maxx. Uh, yeah, yeah.
16: That was the only thing that can kind of, It I was kind of, what, but why? On a Sunday, like in, like I've worked in retail and I've worked on Sundays and half five on a Sunday, like, oh, the final half hour, great, we're nearly done. Uh, and town actually had a bit of a buzz because of that game match. There was, yeah. a, like, seemed to be an extra few people around. Yeah,
3: yeah. But it was only... And sorry, they were, did they say to you in next, that you were talking to someone, and they said someone had just gone in and set a rail of clothes on fire.
16: Yeah, like she said, just as they were going out to drop something on fire under the rail of clothes, the rail of clothes went up. Uh now they were quick enough because it was small enough. Yeah. I think they kinda of got it under control. She didn't say but she was like we we managed to get it under control like the fire fire we from over to look at it, but I think they got it under control. But um like the smoke damage alone, like oh, yeah. um destroyed. Uh, destroyed everything in the shop. Like everything in the shop is brand new clothes you're obviously not going to sell them. No. And, no. like, the same with lifestyle. It's all clothes taken back. It's all the same thing, like, so. Yeah,
3: someone... And, and apart from that, Nels, Claire, somebody could have been hurt and miraculously they weren't. Thank you for that. Yeah,
16: just to say that, yeah. Like, it's a, it's a miracle no one was, like, burnt or injured or, yeah. like, smoke inhalation or anything like. It was kind of just lucky that... Uh, like the staff were so well, I read that in an article. The staff were so good yeah. in boots. I, th- I think Pierre to be the worst fire, the um, of getting the few that were left at the end of the day out of the shop. Okay.
3: Claire, thank you for that. She sent us. Claire sent us a message uh, last evening to see would we be interested. Interested, of course, absolutely. Claire, thank you very much. That's the scene as she saw it. Came across the fire in Boots there at the bottom of Paul Street, at the end of Paul Street, and then next, and there was also fires set in Lifestyle, in Superdry, and in TK Maxx. There were some reports that the same individual had been spotted in each of the stores. That No one is standing over that just now. They all happened within the space of an hour. And between the actions of the fire brigade and the actions of the very brave staff, very well prepared staff nobody was hurt but anybody could have been hurt thousands of damage thousands of euros worth of of damage done what was it? was it some kind of a a protest? were they connected? I mean I'm trying to rack my brains and think like yeah um, so could they all be because they're British? Claire was saying lifestyle so, although I think Lifestyle's an Irish company, Lifestyle, Superdry, Next, Boots, TK Maxx, all originally British. Could that be what it is? What is it? What is it? 0818 96 96
1: Join the conversation This is the Opinion line With
2: the Furniture Centre Watercourse Road Blackpool For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses Over 45 years in business Thefurniturecentre.ie Coach uh, 96
3: FM Noel and Castle Marter are on the GAA jerseys This now is getting like the soccer kits in England Where they're all looking for fashionable twists so that people will be mad to buy them. You could you could be right, Noel. You could be right, a bit of clever marketing, on behalf of Sports Direct to get more people to buy the i, I, I it's a very nice I to be honest, it's a nice kit. It's a nicely coloured kit. If I saw it on on Munster, for example, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't say no. It's nice like but it ain't it ain't a car Hurling jersey. No 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 no. Thanks. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now, Trina, this is the crossing outside Padre Pio in Churchfield. How long are you looking to get this made safe? Morning, Trina.
17: Hi, Peter. How are you? Good. Good, good. Uh, we actually spoke, I spoke to you on the radio two years ago right. um, about this. Um, when we initially submitted our petition, but this definitely precedes me. I'm only just kind of taking it on at the moment because I happen to be a parent at the school, but it's like, I've spoken to neighbours in the area who said they're 30 years asking for a crossing at that point.
3: Right. Describe um, for people who wouldn't know it, where exactly it is and what the okay. dangers are.
17: Yeah, so it's the main road and it's um, it's Kin Road and it's near the park in Churchfield. Yeah. So we have a very, very busy crossroads there um, and it's provides access to the park and to the allotments and, most importantly for us, to the school. It also um, gives access to the church for people and over to the pool and the broken hall, etc. But we have no crossing from the very top of Cullin-Kill Road all the way down to Sun Valley Drive, um, no crossing at all for pedestrians.
3: No pedestrian crossing at all in that busy no, area.
17: None, none at all. And um, the only reason that there actually is one on Sun Valley Drive is because the residents down there ended up doing like a, sit, a sit-in protest I where they actually it. lined the road. Yeah, and I think we had actually said to our local councillors that if we ended up having to do that, that's what we were going to have to do where we are because it's you know there's, it's a big school. There's about three hundred children and there's a lot of cars there. Mm. Um, and in the morning times we a lot of schools in the area, so there's traffic coming from all directions. Um so look, I suppose just to update you, two years ago we started the petition, we got a bit of traction going. We were promised this um pedestrian crossing.
13: Mm-hmm.
17: Um, there was work started there. I suppose the contractors over there myself and the, the ducting and everything was in and we were told that it would go ahead and two years later we still have no we still have no crossing, but we have been just recently in the last number of weeks approved funding. Right. So we're a bit apprehensive until we actually see work commence, but hopefully yes. hopefully now we, uh, we will get going.
3: Trina, and I'm around the block a bit, and, yeah, and you're campaigning <laughs> on this, like, until you see man standing there with luminous jacket and a shovel in his when hand...
17: This- this is the thing, there was the men standing there with their machinery and everything and I spoke to them and all of the ducting had been put in what we're waiting on. I think it was around 50,000 to complete it, right? So it basically needs to be road painted and the, you know, the lights need to go in. That's yeah. it. 51,000 so was
3: allocated under 51, the...
17: 51,000, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, look, hopefully, we'll see it, um, we'll see it um, before, maybe before maybe the school maybe opens, the opens up, the up in September. the children have
3: graduated.
17: But, well, I have a fellow in third class so I do hope and see it before he's out of the school anyway, definitely.
3: <laughs> it's a great school.
1: It's a marvelous. It school. is
17: a lovely school. Yeah, yeah. It is a lovely school um, and a lovely family um, orientated school. Um, and I suppose just as I am speaking with you now, just another another thing in the area, just the the, closure of the before five. We'd be we'd be delighted to see that kind of get up and going. As a, How is as that going? Thing.
3: We did a lot on that before Christmas. Yeah. How is that going? Yeah,
17: now? I, look. I'm not directly involved I would have been I went there myself and my own child went there and um, one of my kids and I would have gone to the protest and all the rest but as far as I know the private operators that want to open it um, they've been told that it's going to cost I suppose I think it's around 350,000 to bring it up to current standards In the words in in the
3: words of Killian Murphy holy moly
17: yeah, I believe that they've written now directly to ministers, um, and I know it was brought up in the Dáil recently. So, look, it, it was it's a vital service here in the okay. area. As I said, I went there myself, my own brother and sister and all of our kids, and, and my mother would have attended various things there. It's okay. You know, it's not just a question of a preschool. No, There's a lot no, going no, on over a, there, you it's know. it's
3: a part of the heart of the north side. And
17: yeah, it is, it is. I and it offers t- even... even Play therapy, you know, that's not available to everybody that they were offering that over there. Baby massage, different things that that were vital.
3: Absolutely. God, Trina, th- thank you for that. I hope it, let let me know now if you see the the work continuing now that yeah, they have as the I money said, outside.
17: I, I, I'm not directly involved, but it's just another thing that we've no, been, no, no, catch, no, like the, it, the community no, keep, has keep. been protesting for.
3: Keep me posted on Padre Pio. Yeah. Keep me posted on it, and and let me let me know if the work actually starts. But we have to look oh, more I'm into
17: excited, yeah.
3: do we have to look more into that before five thing as well. Thanks, Trina. That's Trina Dunley. parents at Skull Padre Pio. Yeah, money is there now. The money is there fifty two thousand nearly to finish the pedestrian crossing. So hopefully, and all the ducting is in, which means the wiring is there for the lights and stuff like that. So hopefully, hopefully, and what's this about before five? We did a lot with them before Christmas when it got closed like like quick smart. As Trina said, she's out the loop a little bit now, so maybe she hasn't got all of the information, but it can't, oh, 300 grand to get the place open again. Is anybody listening from the, what you might call before five activists, parents, families that might fill us in on that. Looking back at that picture in the Examiner now, it, they, if you turned wrong on a hurdle there, they'd cut the gusset out of you. Let alone the colour of them. Finney <laughs> Mac, 96 M GAA correspondent. I, I was listening to your report on the match yesterday. but I see the picture of the of the of the, of the jerseys and shorts this morning, a surprise to a lot of people. Morning, Finn.
10: Morning PJ, uh, and apologies, I was attending a funeral ironically of um, a woman whose husband won all early medals with Cork, Vinci, two weeks off, okay. that's, that's why I couldn't take a call, but I, I actually, my own view, I heard it during the week that they're going to be wearing black jerseys, and when I saw them yesterday, I thought they were awful, they were the worst things I ever saw in my life on a Cork team. I know, and I actually mentioned it during commentary with John Cashman. we came on, that was the first thing I said. I thought it was so uncorked yesterday. It it was just, I thought it was terrible. I know what the reason was behind it. I know in the past we've changed jerseys on special occasions for Thomas McCurtain and Terence McSweeney. And we had a blue and yellow jersey one year to commemorate. I think it was 100 years. But other than that, our change strip is white. I don't know what the reason was for, for wearing those jerseys yesterday. And ironically, PJ... There was a minute silence before the game for Pa Finn and other great bars and Cork Camogie coach who died. Yeah. It was buried last Monday. Yeah. And when Pa took over the Cork team back in 2002 or three, not sure which year, the Camogie team was to always wear white jerseys. And Pa insisted we wear red jerseys because we're Cork, we're red. And and then for the minute silence and the guys, no fault of the players now. I don't know who was behind the decision, yeah. but it was shocking. There's a thing, I Couldn't understand Who it. makes these decisions? I don't know PJ, generally don't know As I say, I heard it during the week Most of the county board officers are away at Congress over the weekend So I don't know, but I'll certainly be asking the question Yeah, because Couldn't understand the life
3: Yeah, I mean, there must be somebody In in the offices there in Croke Park Who gets a design Sits in front of my desk and says, right, yes or no Someone has
10: to approve it surely yeah well uh, the decision was made by the, by people in Cork but I always thought that when you start at start of every year clubs and I presume it's the same for counties have to register their colours yes and alternative colours so I assume Cork would have Cork colours as we all know are red and the alternative is white so whether they got special permission to change or not yesterday, I do not know. And another thing, Cork were playing Galway in an under-20 hurling challenge match prior to the senior game. And Galway, because their jerseys are similar to Cork, wore white. Yeah. So they, they understood. And that's Galway's alternative colour. So I, I don't know, beggar's belief. And the number, I put a comment up on Twitter last night about the usual Sunday night tweet and I said those awful jerseys bin them, and the reaction I got was incredible Alright Finney Mack
3: uh, Cork's 96 FM GAA correspondent if Finney doesn't like him they won't last long that's for sure that's for sure who was it brought that to our attention this morning yeah, but thank you for it. that's what you're supposed to do we love when people do that call us up if there's something that we're not talking about that you think we should be and today it was strange very strange Cork Gee, outfit. Your collar is right. Though the design looks fantastic, it in no way represents corks. This is from Catherine. Cork are red and white. Certainly not the red and black of County Down. Yeah, beautiful jersey. Lovely style. But no way is that cork. Use the same design. Now, this is a, you see, this is someone who's thinking, right? Use the same design, but make it red and white. Well, it might dazzle you a small bit, Catherine, to be fair. But yeah, so the, the So imagine the jersey that you saw yesterday, and it's in the papers if you want to have a look at it. Imagine that in red and white. That would be Cork, up the Rebels, says Catherine. Thanks for that. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Can I just say thank you before I go on to, to Kate? Kate sent me a lovely card. I mentioned last week, this day, last week was the... 19th of February and I happened to mention that it was 10 years ago on the 19th of February that I wandered into this studio not having a notion what to do I was just told go in there and do the program (laughs) and 10 years on we're still here so we're doing something right Kate sends me a lovely card and thank you very much I hope you had a good day celebrating your 10 years I wish you many more years to come as she mentioned, kind words about, Jem, uh, Ben Broad. Thank you for that. I was only talking to her this morning, Kate. We were chatting as, as I was coming into work. She was going home from work and we were chatting on the phone this morning. So. Sure, there she might as well be in Douglas. Uh, yours sincerely, Kate. Love to Fergal and Emer and all all that put up with you every day. I know Kate; you're smiling when you wrote that. Thank you so much for that lovely card. Where am I going? Yeah, you might have seen this lovely um, food truck, Mebs, which is a wonderful. Is it a is it a play on your name, Maeve Hatton? Good morning, Maeve Halton. Good morning. Hi,
6: how's it going? Is it a play? Hi, a, is it, it a play on your name, um, Mebs? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, no. the uh, The Mebs comes from just the way my name is spelled. It's the Irish way, all yeah. the consonants, so it's M E A D H B H. So, yeah. at some yeah. stage, someone was like, "Can I just call you Meb?" And yeah. I was like, "Yeah." And that kind of stuck <laughs> yeah. a bit. So, yeah. the, the, um, the old, the old, yeah. Irish, the old
3: Irish <laughs> spellings, never, never leave out a D H and B H or a G H, even if yeah. you can put one in. Great. So, you <laughs> came to Cork in 2018, and you became head chef at Paradiso.
6: Yeah, right. about a year after that, um, I I did. Um, Moved down because I didn't really want to work in, in kitchens with meat in them. So Paradiso was the top of the line in Ireland and joined them mm-hmm. uh, for a summer job and, and stayed on. So, yeah. You're,
1: you're vegan yourself?
6: <laughs> um, I was when I started there, but kind of backed up into being a bit more vegetarian Um, since then. So vegetarian myself.
3: Okay, And the food truck is around since since when? 2022?
6: Um, I started it, yeah. It was uh, about a year and, and about three months ago, so not too long.
3: Okay, and it's a vegan food truck.
6: It is, yes, yeah. Fully vegan. It's- We've got whipped cream that's vegan, which is scary in taste because it just, it, it could fool you. It really could.
3: Vegan cream? I've never heard of such a thing.
6: Yeah. No, it's wild. It's wild stuff. <laughs> but so it's good. We- yeah,
3: and... I know you've I've seen I've seen your your truck at the at the Douglas the Douglas market and and you're in Mahon Point as well it's going it's going yeah. down well
6: yeah no it's good it took a few months to kind of get people to kind of dip their toes in and try stuff but once they do they're kind of like oh this is very nice and um, so um, it's good to have repeat customers every week it's brilliant and yeah it just keeps growing so I'm delighted
3: yeah. do people ask you Why vegan? Why am I? Yeah, why? Why is it all vegan?
6: some people. Oh, um, not really. To be honest, I think there's there's a few vegetarian and vegan stalls now at the markets that people like. They'll some people just see the sign and see that it's all vegan and they'll be like, "Oh no, no, not for me." (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which is funny. But um, yeah, no, I don't get many questions on on the on the morals and the ethics of it. To be honest, yeah. Um, I yeah. remember
3: sort of being in India in, in a region where mm. everything was vegetarian uh, there was no meat yeah. because, the, the, because the quality of the meat was, was awful <laughs> so so yeah. we, we I, I ate a lot of very adventurous dishes and I'm told that a lot of vegan dishes nowadays are very adventurous and they bet me you wouldn't I mean I'm, look I make no bones about it Maeve I'm a carnivore that's probably something you don't want to hear, but 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 there are those people who would tell you now that good vegan food, you wouldn't know there's no meat in it.
6: I mean, I don't think it's that you wouldn't know there's no meat in it, but you wouldn't miss it. Like, I think, first off, like, when people start going vegetarian, you'd, you'd really miss the meat, and you'd be like, oh, I, you know, how do I replace it, and things like that. Mm. But I think um, good vegan vegetarian food, it's just, it's showcasing the veg, and it's showcasing, like, just the fab flavors that you get without meat so spices and herbs and things these really strong flavors that we know but we don't have as much i think um Mm. in meat and, and things like that now there is obviously some but um we don't rely as much on them in that so being able to kind of showcase them in vegetarian and vegan food and of course so many countries across across asia have um um, just a very strong root in vegetarian and vegan dishes as well. So a lot of inspiration comes from them as well.
3: It was in Canada that you learned vegan and vegetarian cooking, was it?
6: Yeah, that was the first kind of restaurant I was in um, that really ignited my passion for it, I think, because they weren't, you know, they were just so passionate about the things they were making and everything was so interesting and tasty, like crazy tasty. Um in the acorn uh, restaurant over there, um it's brilliant. it's in Vancouver mhm mhm yeah,
3: and then back to back to the theparoities I know what you said at the very start that you didn't yeah. want to work in a kitchen where there was meat involved,
6: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, just don't really enjoy it. when when you kind of have strong enough feelings on something I suppose yeah. you don't want to be yeah. And
3: what's the um, difference between a vegan kitchen and, what's the difference between a vegan kitchen yeah. and a
6: vegetarian kitchen and um, so the difference between vegan and vegetarian is just the that you don't have any part of the animal like the any my dad would call it the fruit of the animal, which is bananas, but um, anyway, so you wouldn't have milk, you wouldn't have eggs um honey some people are very strict on, and just those kind of things right.
3: Because milk and eggs, is, yeah. I would have thought it's almost impossible to cook without milk and eggs if you're making cake, for example.
6: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, no. I do some lovely donuts in the trailer, and you would never, you'd never know that they were vegan, um, mm-hmm. or maybe you would, but they're delicious. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> come come back to,
3: to to Vancouver and and to yeah. Canada because that is a very. The minute I saw the name, that is a very famous restaurant. My daughter actually actually ate there when she was visiting. Vancouver, a couple of years ago, and she was ranting and raving about how good it was. She was going through a kind of a yeah. vegetarian phase at the time, and she was ranting and raving about how good it was. Like, Canada, Canada is they, they, they are big into their vegetarian and their vegan food.
6: Um, I'd say a few of them would be. Vancouver is a very, very veggie friendly city. Yeah. Um, huge amount of options there. They've got a place called Meat, M E E T, as well. That uh, it's all vegan, um, which is is quite punny, but um, <laughs> yeah, Funny.
0: Um,
6: And they've a few of them. Like it's mad popular over there, um, which is great to see. How long did you spend there? Um, just two months. It was a summer, but my sister's still over there, um, and she's married off and everything. So um, yeah, I get to go over a, a bit to see her.
3: Yeah, there's a huge, um, there's a huge Irish community in Va- in Vancouver these days. Huge. Yeah.
6: Yeah, massive.
3: You you, you trained in Cahill Brewer Street. And did you go over there straight with your degree in hand and say, right, I'm here, I want to learn?
6: So the job I did in uh, the ACORN was a kind of summer internship type thing. So it was actually when I was in college. So I was in my third year oh, or right. so okay. right. um, when I went over there. Yeah.
3: Great training. So yeah. the food truck, <laughs> Meb's food truck. And uh, I know that one thing you said, you love having your evenings off and certainly you... When you get out of the actual restaurant, yeah. <laughs> the evening's off. That means a lot to you. Yeah. No, it's, we yeah, no we find you at yeah. Douglas on Saturday and Mahan Point on Thursday. And any other plans?
6: No, I'm kind of happy just doing those two markets at the moment, just uh, keeping my week as less stressful as I can. That's my, that's my aim.
3: (laughs) I think, I think I like that. I think I like that. All right, listen, good luck with it. And if you can, you'll see it down the best of it. I I must, I must try these vegan donuts. I must. That's uh, Maeve Halton from Meb's Food Truck Vegetarian, our vegan food truck in Douglas and in Man Point and uh, it's Chef and Paradiso, so she knows her stuff. Oh, hey, 1-8-96-96-96. Right. Where am I going? Oh, I'm going to do this.
1: The Word is your chance to win free money. On
3: Cork's
2: 96
1: FM. All right. This is the biggest
3: pot we've had on the word since it started. Now, this day week, we had the first winner. We gave away €500, euro, the very first winner of the word. On the Tuesday, we had €1,000, and we gave that away. And then we haven't had any luck Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. But this one started on Thursday and has rolled over to now. This is now worth 2000 250 euro we want to know what is the word I
2: met the coolest dog the dog's (laughs) name my mother didn't get a lock in for the entire hour
3: (laughs) right Patricia McGill is in Mayfield
17: Hi PJ
12: There's been
3: a lot of guesses Have you any idea oh. What's you <laughs> No it's
17: a total guess No to be honest Like it's been in my head From the start And I guessed something else but it wasn't that So But it's a total guess I have no idea what What's on your means. mind Okay I'm thinking That it's Brian Because I really feel It's a human name
3: Is it Brian Yes I don't
17: know why That's in my head But Well
3: there have been Dogs called Seamus <laughs> yeah. And dogs called <laughs> Brendan it. Could there be a, and a dog called Trevor Could there be a dog could there be a dog called Brian? No, I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> I think
3: we bleeped it out there. <laughs> yeah. look, it's not Brian, You're Patricia. It's not Brian. All right, okay. Thank you. Busy, you won't be. You won't. Be, you won't be have money to go on holidays. Uh, oh, well, well. we still
17: still go.
3: All right, still go. All right, thank you, we'll Patricia. Thank you. It's done. So it's not. It's not Brian. What is this word?
2: I met the coolest dog the dog's <laughs> name <It's laughs> my mother didn't get a lock in for the entire hour <laughs> yeah, her her great ketchup,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's worth 2,500 euro this afternoon with Simon and then it'll go to 2,750 with Izzy if it's not one and then it'll be three grand in the morning could we be back here tomorrow with 3,250 euro in the pot I think I think this one will run and run you know that's it for today program edited by Imro Hay produced and researched by Fergal Barry all of you podcasts up in the early afternoon and we shall talk to you tomorrow just after 9
2: Join the conversation
1: This is the opinion Live.
2: With the Furniture Centre Watercourse Road Blackpool for sofas beds kitchen dining and mattresses over 45 years in business Thefurniturecenter.ie. Calls 96 FM Planning for your next trip